ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Herbert A. Philbrick. What is communism? I've been on the inside of communism. I still have contacts. From this knowledge, I tell you as simply and seriously as I know how. Communism is a lying, dirty, shrewd, godless, murderous, determined, as J. Edgar Hoover says, a criminal conspiracy. I'm choosing these words deliberately. As I travel around, I still have people say, well, why are you so hard on communists? They're just another political party like any other. And a poor minority at that. And so misunderstood. Well, we don't want them misunderstood. And that's why we're making this film. And that's why I say they are lying. Dirty. Shrewd. Godless. Murderous. Determined. And it is not an American political party like any other. And if you'll follow me, I'll guarantee that ten minutes from now... A lot of you are going to have a new understanding of communism. Now, let's see if that isn't so. That guy's name at the top, Herbert Philbrick. People that I have read three lives. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, exa that's exactly who that is. Well done, Tim Riley. Well, I remember that because he had a supermarket at the beach in New Hampshire. It was Herbert Philbrick's I Led Three Lives Supermarket. Yeah. Excellent. You have your you're, you're boned up on your anti-communist credentials, Tim Riley. You're no victim of the Red Menace. Oh, all right. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, there you go. I purchased that at the uh, Museum of Atomic Testing. In Las Vegas, Nevada. Now I want to go. It's the whole, I'll let you see when I'm done. The whole compilation is, uh, it's called C is for Communist. Uh, and there's five different anti-communist classroom films. That one is called, What is a Communist? Uh, there's another one called Communism on the March. I think there's one called, Are Your Children at Risk? Uh, and then I bought a whole separate disc that was all about the joys of the peaceful atom. So it's, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm going to go home and make a whole weekend of it. All right, why, hello, it's three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this, the month of March, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Uh, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, coming by. We are in the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970, a proud part of the CBS radio family. CBS is the Tiffany Network. Uh, and greetings to everybody listening on the worldwide stream, which launched uh, yesterday. Uh, for the Glorious Bastards launches uh, next Tuesday, April 1st. Uh, <coughs> pardon me, for everybody else. So, uh, howdy and hello. Is it possible, do you think, for me to requisition some kind of a dust filter for this room? That I, would be good. I think at some point... <laughs> see, now you're doing it too. I know. Tim's waving... As soon as you started coughing, that made me want to cough. Tim's waving at invisible dust particles in the air again. I see them. I see them, Tim. You're not crazy. Don't tell me you see them. I'm not crazy! Sound like um, sound like Andrew McCarthy or whatever in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You're next. Andrew McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. Who's the guy that was Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Is that Kevin McCarthy? Must have been. And then I think his son is Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy. Would have been not born at that point. Andrew, Andrew McCarthy, McCarthy in like Pretty Ma in Pink. Wasn't yes. Andrew McCarthy a mannequin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. 
I'm sorry. Let's just forget this whole debacle happened here at the beginning of the program. All right. It is uh, 503-733-2970. We want you to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970 with your comments, clarifications, conventions, two cents, whatnot, uh, and what have you. Richie DeBristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able, and I think more than a little hungover uh, to pass along your observations about the I interesting... I took Richie out last night. He's hungover. Uh, he's, he's hungover. I don't know. Was Sarah Wagner out with you guys last night? No, no. Oh, man. She was supposed to come out, but she must have found something better to do. And by better, I think uh, drinking herself uh, blind in the corner of some seedy bar last night. I'm not going to say that she still smelled like a distillery today, because <laughs> that would be rude. Um, so, yeah, she was sort of uh, weaving a little unsteadily. Is <laughs> she, she Sarah Wagner? She could actually pull herself together pretty well. Not this morning. Today is the exception that proves that rule. Um, she was talking to Becca and myself today, and... I walked in, and it was one of those one of those little pieces of gossip that people can't wait to share. And, in fact, they're so anxious to repeat it that they do it while the person is standing there. So I walk in to get some things off the printer. And, um, Richie, I'm sorry to do this, too. Would you, uh, I left my water bottle in the kitchen. Uh, would you uh, grab that and bring that in, if you would? I got a little... Uh, we need to talk to Richie and see how hungover he is. Yeah, and I got, <clears throat> I got a little something in my throat here, so I need some water. <clears throat> in any event. So I walk in to get something off the printer, and Sarah Wagner is standing there, and Becca... First thing out of her mouth, half a second after I walk into the room, hey, Sarah's really hung over. Look at her. And I look over, and she did seem a little unsteady on her feet. So <laughs> so if you see her today, be sure to slap her on the back and scream really loudly at her. Thank you, Richie Bristol. I appreciate it. That's my cup as well. Thank you. How are you, Richie? Richie, how are you feeling today? Uh, yeah. All right, we'll bring you back here in a few. All right. Uh, in any event, it's 503-733-2970. If you want to be on uh, board today, Richie will pass along all of your observations about whatever uh, may be plaguing you on this Wednesday. 503-733-2970. If you want to uh, email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Coming up later on the day, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, will join us today. Uh, we will also talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Um, now, Jim Roop has... I know we were only halfway through the week. It's only Wednesday. Not even halfway through Wednesday. So the week is less than half over right now. Although all day yesterday, I kept walking around thinking it was Monday. Usually it's the other way around. Usually on like Tuesday, you think it's Thursday, and then you're like, oh, damn, it's only it Tuesday. It feels later in the week to me. It feels like today should be Friday. See, not for me. For me, it feels like the week is still just starting. I can't even believe that it's Wednesday. For me, I just keep thinking it's Monday every day. I'm on some weird treadmill in my mind. Uh, but anyway, so we're only halfway through the week, but I have to say Jim Roop has what I believe may be the best story of the month. Uh, it's so great that... That Tim and I have been laughing for 20 minutes. We were booking Jim Roop today about this story. Sarah read a little bit of the story, decided to Google it, has been reading it, then shared it with Tim, and I came in from uh, getting my coffee, and Tim and Sarah were just giggling each other into a frenzy over this news story. I, I posted the link <laughs> so it, it, on my website. So you can see this story at Riley Live. Dot com. What are several good ones? You had the pregnant man on there, too. Really? The pregnant guy who continues to creep me out. I sat and just stared at his photo for a while this morning. And D.B. Cooper stuff. Oh, that D.B. I saw man. Can I just tell you so this? Was it, did we figure out, was it pre or post uh, Mount St. Helens exploding? Uh, it was pre, because uh, St. Helens was in 80, and this was uh, in 72. Okay. Uh, so it would have been before Mount St. Helens and right in the middle of the geographic drop zone. Uh, so I saw that, but here's the thing. Okay, i got to be careful, because otherwise I'll just sit and talk about D.B. Cooper all day long. Um... But the great thing about that D.B. Cooper parachute find, and the frustrating thing is, the kids found it in the middle of a field, buried, 
They pulled it out and they kept pulling it and they couldn't pull it anymore because, wait for it, it seemed to be attached to something. <laughs> so they couldn't. So at one point the kids just cut the cables. Because, you know, they, did, well, they didn't know. They're like 10. So they're pulling the parachute out, and at a certain point... Oh, is it attached to a D.B. Cooper? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Nobody knows. And here's nobody's, the... nobody's saying if that's true. And here's the other thing. And then we... That would be kind of a bummer. I, well, but here's... The... And nobody really knows, though, because the kids pull the parachute out of the ground. At a certain point, I guess they don't know if it was attached to anything, but at a certain point, the parachute just wouldn't come out of the ground anymore. But, you know, because it's heavy, and it's, you know, those things are heavy regardless. But, and so the kids didn't know, so they just got a knife as kids are wont to do, and they just cut the cords and dragged the parachute home. Dad, look what we found. And he's like, well, where's the rest of it? And they're like, well, it was stuck in the ground, so we just cut it out. Uh, but the frustrating thing is the kids don't really remember where they found it, and the dad wasn't there. And, of course, they're on a farm, so it's like, you know, 800 square acres or whatever. So the kids don't really remember where they found it. Uh, so it could be anywhere. So now the FBI's got to go combing the area, trying to find... Uh, this hole that the parachute came out of, which is going to be difficult because the parachute's not there anymore. So yeah, the parachute's at the FBI office in Seattle. Yeah, right? the, the FBI's got the parachute, but no one's really sure where the kids found it. And, of course, because they pulled it as much as they could and then cut it out, there's now nothing laying on the ground to mark the spot. So how great would that be if they just can never find the location again? I root for D.B. Cooper. I really do. Um, all right, uh, so we'll talk to Jim Roop today about... Do I even want to give the headline? No. Jim Roop has the greatest story. You can get a little sneak preview if you go to RileyLive.com. Uh, we'll talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent uh, Steve But are we going to be able to tonight. talk about it before Jim comes on? Because I don't think I can wait until 2 o'clock. That's fine. No, we can wait. I mean, we can we can do it later. Okay. We can do it in this segment. Uh, Steve Katzenbaum will join us today to talk about uh, passenger rights. Because uh, I guess this, the only reason I really care about this is because I know it's, it, the decision was made, and it doesn't just affect New York. I think it was filed over in New York and Boston Airport, but it affects everybody. Because if you've ever been on a plane where they make you sit on the tarmac for like an hour, or if they make you circle for an hour, I guess now the court has ruled that you're not entitled to get up and, you know, use the bathroom or have, what's it, what's it called, water, if you're stuck there in the plane for five hours. Uh, so, so it's just one more reason to hate, hate, hate airlines. Uh, we'll talk about that way. Mr. Skin is going to be joining us today. Uh, we'll do the uh, top five. I put this together this morning uh, with the assistance of many listeners. Uh, the top five musicians who must be viewed separately uh, from their music. I'm not going to say that they're all horrible people as such, uh, but the top five musicians who must be viewed separately from their art. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Barack Obama song, uh, which we're working on last night. Uh, your phone calls and more. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification. Well, I got this in. A bombshell L.A. Times report linking associates to Sean Diddy Combs to the 1994 ambush of Tupac Shakur may have been based on forged documents. <laughs> So, apparently, the uh, the Times was duped by a 31-year-old James Sabatino, described as an accomplished document forger. Well done. I know about that. Well done, James Sabatino. And the Seattle office now has that parachute that may very well be D.B. Cooper's. <laughs> a TriMet passenger is arrested after claiming he had a bomb in his backpack. The Vancouver man whose daughter was killed when he pulled her through the snow while her sled was tied to the back of the pickup found not guilty. The crazy judge decided he didn't know any better. Now he's free to father even more children. Well done. Try to have as many as possible. Take them all sledding, yep. too. Yep. Jesus. Uh, some believe the story of the pregnant Ben Van is a hoax. Larry King is named the least sexy talk show host. Chelsea Clinton deals with the Lewinsky issue. And circus slaves are forced to swim with piranha. <laughs> circus slaves? Yes. News on the march. 
Fantastic. Um, <laughs> maybe not for them. Um, not for them. As long as they're here to amuse us, that's all that counts. All they wanted was a better life. <laughs> <laughs> get in Piranha Tech now, or I get Taser. All right. Uh, anywho. By the way, uh, Lara has decided she uh, wishes to see a dentist other than mine because she believes that my dentist sounds, quote, really mean, end quote. Um, well, as I said, you don't have to start at the bottom of the list of the most dangerous neighborhoods. You can start at the very top in the best neighborhood. Well, now, but now, see, to be fair, I did just start at the top of the page at my dental referring website, and I just went and I called one by one by one by one, and no one was there. Like, none of them are answering. It was like, you have reached us outside of business hours. Even when it's not, that's the worst thing. When you get that greeting in business, our business hours are 8 a.m. to 4, and it's like 2.15. Please leave a message. You're like, no, I will not be leaving you a message, nor will you get my money. No, and, nobody answers the phone anymore. No, the only people who answered the phone uh, was this uh, was this Asian dental office on 82nd. In oh, I know, I know what happened. When you put them in, they find the ones closest to you. Oh, that's, that's why. why it started off badly. That- <laughs> Now I put in my home address uh-huh. as a starting point. Yes. <laughs> That's how things start badly. I should have started at the other end. I'm going to start using Susan Reynolds' address. I'm just going to start putting it Bethany. And that's, give me the good dentist. Anyway, so that's I guess what it, happened. It turns out that I'm going in Friday afternoon. If my many uh, fillings. So well, that'll be fun. You'd be uh-huh. more comfortable in your old neighborhood. That's uh-huh. why they do that. Among among my own people. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Still, Congratulations on what? We're the 2008 Media League Bowling Champions. Uh, bitches. Yay. That's Yay. right. It would have been more um, fulfilling if it wasn't against a team that we really like. Ha- if you'd be, just say it, if you'd beaten Clear Channel. If I'd beaten that blonde lady. Yeah. Been, well, actually, I did beat her because she wasn't in the championship. So she wasn't even in the finals. Yeah. Uh, but you beat Dave Zins, the KUFO we won. team? It was hard. We, um, so they had a big handicap, too. We, like, so when we started, their handicap was like... Um, it was really high, so basically we were already 100 pins behind. Right. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on, because, because is that because they sucked or because, because you sucked? Well, they pretended to suck. Oh, I, they were sandbagging. I don't know. They were really good, but their handicap was really high. So when we started, like, we literally were negative 100 Does that mean pins. you have to win by 100 pins? Over 100, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So what kind do... of country is it? You know, you know who else does that, Sarah? Communists. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. But, um, CBS, I on bowling. Yeah. But it was it was fun. All right, but you were the then went out, Yeah, and then went out afterward, and Richie got really drunk, and one of my teammates was throwing up outside of the bar. Oh. It was just all collapsed. Hold on. Now, Richie said that there was... Um, Richie uh, said that there was some... Uh, which one of these microphones is dead? I can never uh, remember. Three. I think three. he's four, yeah. Unplug three. Um, so, Richie said that one of the uh, guys there, I hope I can say this, was uh, hitting on you relentlessly and then vomited in Richie's car. Do you know ab- about whom we're speaking? Can yeah. I say it he on the air? He wasn't relentlessly. No, he, he wasn't. Was, he, well, I wasn't even, relentless, Bobby. I didn't bring it up to Richie. Richie brought it up to me. I did not say anything. I had no problem with this, you know. Oh, with, okay. So he was, so he was. No, no, he's a buddy of mine. He's just like, hey, you want to go up to him? Like, ah, oh, you know, I think they're off his friends. I, I care I care less about that because uh, because I know that happens uh, a lot when you go out. Uh, it, uh, you have, you know, prospective suitors and so forth. It was the vomiting inside Richie's car. Because I'm me that I immediately latched onto. Because that was just the perfect capper. Like, if it had been one or the other, but it's that... I saw him vomiting outside on a picnic bench. I don't know if it was in the car. Oh, wait, so he vomited more than once? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it was... Re- no, because Richie came over and grabbed me. I was, like, sitting at a table with my friend, and he's like, come here, look. And so it, it was outside. relentless vomiting. It was relentless vomiting. Hey, Richie, if you can... Oh, Richie. Welcome now. Uh, Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. It may uh, have to do with the happiness of winning the bowling tournament. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was vomiting with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, hello, Ricky. Hi, Ricky. How are you today? Good morning. How you? How you feeling today? Uh, I'm here. Richie really pulled it together last night, though. You did a really good job. We had to cut him off, though, really? at one point. From drinking? Yeah. We started too early. I was drunk before we started, I think. I, uh, Laura well, and I they were stopped by. Too much viso. Really? Viso mixed with something? Yeah. No, she took away my viso thinking it was mixed with something, and it wasn't. When did you start drinking last night? What was the first drink you had? Not bowling, for the night. When did you begin drinking? Uh, pitcher Coors Light. I, yeah, that was like at 6.15. nobody else talking like one of my dentists. Pitcher, Coors Light. Ooga, ooga. How long does it take to bowl? Look at Banner, Michael. <laughs> about five pitchers. Oh. <laughs> um, it was more than five last night. It was a lot of pitchers. Lara and I stopped by the bowling alley at around 7. And I think you guys had just begun, but uh, several people were already pretty lit when we stopped, stopped in. Um, and then we stayed for a while, and then she had to go out, and so uh, we kind of split. And uh, But I hadn't been gone like seven minutes, and I got the you know the phone. We won! Yeah, and, and so uh, and who made who made the final winning throw? Uh, Do we was know? It you? Well, it was me because we we were so. Well, because ahead. we let them. Yes, we were. Um, they were a couple players ahead of us. So as soon as like we saw their last bowler go, and then we bowled again, we saw that our points Excellent. were ahead of theirs. Is Dave Zinn filled with a despondency today? No, Dave Zinn is very gracious. He was really, really nice. And gracious, and yeah, I can see that. It I can see him being gracious. Them. It was, yeah, it was really fun. It wasn't negative. Well, in either way, the victory was going to stay in house here at CBS. Mm-hmm. wasn't like it was going to go to the godless heathens at, at Clear And Channel. we got our little gift certificates that um, you know, that said champ, "2008 Champions." <laughs> you can Over redeem them for those uh, those socks they sell that say "Pin Buster." Yeah, fantastic. Dave Zinn's Pin Buster socks. All right. So, did, so Chris threw up in your. I mean. Yeah, the guy. it's on the outside, too. You can see it all the way down the oh, side of the car. Look. It's still there? Oh. It, it, it dried Dude. overnight. Oh. I think I'm going pictures. What was the nature? Was he taking shots or what something? Was... How did he get so drunk? Uh, it's your bartender. She's very nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was the nature of the vomit? Was it just liquid? Uh, was there some sort of food I in there? Well, we had it some, because... We had some quesadillas. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't looking too closely. All you can see it's smeared across the windows. So. Oh, it's pretty bad. I like to start the show off every day with something horrific. Um, so let me understand this. So you're, you're you're bowling, you go outside, he vomits on a park bench? No, we went to a bar afterwards to celebrate. Okay, but then he vomited on a bench? I saw him vomiting on a picnic bench. And the bench in the bush in front of my house on my porch... And I gave him a garbage can inside the house. And then on the car. Yeah, well, he's hanging out the car and going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know how you can't just control it to go all out. I'm sure there's... I'm not even looking. I mean, I don't have the stomach for it. Wait, when you right say you can't control it, what do you mean? Well, he's halfway out, halfway in, halfway out. And on the way out... Out of your car when you're driving? Somewhere. Oh, you're saying so he uh, so he was not always able to wait until his head was totally at the window. <clears throat> well, so the vomiting would begin while his head was still in the car... You know what it is? It's sort of like when they line up a bunch of shots in a bar, and then they just take the bottle and go down the row, and there's some spillover between the glasses. Yeah. That's kind of what it is? Yeah. All right. Excellent. And then didn't help. I was grabbing... My brother was driving for us so we could go do this. No, that's not And I was grabbing the wheel and making us go back and forth, kind of, so that it was <laughs> making his stomach queasy. And he was Wait, let me just say, so you actually were instigating... I think you left this part out earlier. So you were actually instructing the driver to jerk the car back and forth... To spur more vomiting. Yeah, I wanted to. You're yeah. a good friend, Richie. Yeah. Uh, will you get photos of the vomit on your car, please? Oh, yeah. Did oh, you yeah. vomit? No, no. I'm, I'm getting... I'm seasoned now. Rick Emerson's show is... Your parents must be so proud. I'm a veteran. Developing a skill. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, get some photos of the puke. Yeah, I'd love to see that. We can put but those he, he was hitting on Sarah. Like, big time. Well, I mean... He kind of plays it down, but he's drunk. And then afterwards, he said, I just got shut down from Sarah. Can I, <laughs> is it cool if I hit on... Her friend now. 
<laughs> Eddie okay. was talking about I Heather. You, I want you to know my way that I had stopped this discussion, and now you have started it again. So, having moved on from Sarah, whose permission did he ask before moving on to Sarah's friend? Well, he was asking me and Mama and Chris if it was... As though you're the... He, he, yes. Like, Heather is yours to do with as you wish. Well, she just shot me down. She, is it okay if I go for a friend now? And what did you say? Uh, we were just laughing. Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, wanted to see it. But <laughs> and did he? Did I don't he know. Move he on was to... saying it loud enough. Did he move on it. to Heather? I don't know. He went no, no, because you guys that. left before we did. We were still there. Don't get me wrong. I like Heather, but I can see Heather uh, not suffering fools gladly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I know you've you've got a pretty, and I'm not that he's a bad guy, but I'm saying you know if a guy's hitting on you, talking to you, or, you know, this is drunk guys talking to you. You you've got a pretty good. You can sort of roll with it, you know, and kind of talk to him and, and whatever, and just sort of deflect it eventually. Uh, Heather, I can see, uh, just, uh, just get really uh, not, n- not dealing with that very well. Yeah, Heather, Heather can definitely hold her on. I don't think she was bothered by anything. Excellent. Well, he I think Heather was her. pretty intoxicated at that time too. After he grabbed the chair and put it over his head in the middle of the bar, I think we all split. I, okay. <laughs> Please tell me there are photographs of some of this. Oh yeah, he's passed out on my floor. I got all kinds of pictures. He le- he fell. You know how when people pass out with their shoes on and you mess with them? God, I wish I had a video camera. What, what, he was so funny last night. What do you mean? Like, Sir, I know I have a couple kids and I'm divorced. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> I think that, oh, or I can. <laughs> I know I just got out of prison and I'm covered in scars. <laughs> uh, Really, he actually preemptively said, I know I'm divorced with kid. He said that? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, he does know his target demo, at least. And then he threw up. (laughs) (laughs) At the end. Um, What do you mean when somebody passes out with their shoes and you mess with them? You're allowed. As long as someone has their shoes on, you can write on their face. Is that the rule? Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, you know, maybe I hang out with the wrong crowd or the right crowd. I've never heard that. Yeah, you get Sharpies and you draw. Okay. As long as they have their shoes on, that's the game. Yeah, see, I understand the, the screwing with somebody when they're passed out. We've all done that. But I. I didn't know there was a shoe rule. There's yeah. a yeah. See, Richie and I come from different walks of life. You take your shoes off, you fall asleep, and you go into bed. Okay, so if you've taken your shoes off, it is you like you are you're out of the game. You're sort of like I am. Legi- I am now actively going to sleep. I'm getting some rest. Uh-huh. So it's like taking your gloves off in the in the ring. You're yeah. just I'm done. Uh, but if your shoes are still on, uh-huh. that implies that you accidentally fell asleep, which makes you fair game. Or passed out, yeah. Or yeah. passed out. Okay, Fan- wonderful. Yeah, so shoes on, fair game. All right, excellent. So is what? He still ha- passed out on your floor. He was, oh man, he had to wake up at 5.45 or something, go to work, <laughs> and I had to wake him up. Do you think, think that up. happened? Oh, really? Did yeah, he get up I door? woke him up, and I'm like, thankful for this job, because I don't have to wake up till like, you know, late. But great day. I said, oh, this is a great day. I'm going back to bed. Fantastic. <laughs> Good story, Richie. All right. Thank you. All right, Richie Bristol. That was heartwarming. Ahead. Jesus. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, I don't even know. I have all the stuff that I, I didn't get to. Um, so that was bowling last night. Um. And, and we came back, can I just say, we came back from 10th place to win it, the championship. It's really impressive. And you guys were down when I left. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a come from it behind last night. We were, we were 100 points behind, yeah. like, half the way through the game. Yeah, Laura and I were there watching, and it seemed, I mean, we were sort of cautiously optimistic. But you were down when we left, so I'm glad. So congratulations and well done. So you had that for a whole year. Yeah. Lord that over, everybody. Totally. And I think I might join another bowling league. I think oh. I have a problem. A problem bowler. Are I'm you a, a problem I, bowler? I'm a problem bowler. I might join um, a bowling league with um, a couple other people from another team um, in, that starts in like a couple weeks. I don't know. No good that sounds you. so American. No, it really is. No, that that is. It's really fun. That is. And it's an excuse to you know drink beer at six o'clock at night. Bowling <laughs> is uh, bowling is very American. It's healthy. It is, and it's good and good for you. It's wholesome. It's Sarah. totally got my arms in shape. Yes. I've, I've a little muscly now. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's oh, see. Robin Williams' wife has just filed for divorce from Robin Williams. In your face. 
Not so funny now, is it, funny man? They've been married since 1989. Good times. She was a nanny for the actor. Really? Oh, that's right. He married his nanny. He I forgot about nanny. that. Did he then he became his mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think he dumped his wife for the nanny. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd forgotten about that. Um, uh, real quickly, two things to touch on. One, uh, the Fred Schneider interview, which I did this morning. So I came in early today to interview Fred Schneider from the B-52s, and well, that, that went really badly. Not because of him, uh, but because there was some... Mm, be nice, because we're all in the family here. But there was some jackass DJ that, was, that ran unbelievably overtime. And just, like, couldn't... Because when you do an interview like this, when you do... Um, it's like a like a junket basically where the, the 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 subject the star Fred Schneider Max Brooks Henry Rollins whoever a lot of times when it's them and they're sitting there doing a whole day's worth of interviews they're basically just sitting in a room and on an ISDN hookup or on a speaker on a headphone you know Bluetooth or whatever and they're just sitting there and there's somebody coordinating the hookup in other words there is sort of an operator who just patches them into one station after another after another, and they just sit there and don't do anything. And the operators say, okay, Fred, uh, your next station is KQLJ, and uh, the DJ's name is Jim, and okay, you're on. Say hello to Jim. You know, and then Fred Schneider does his ten minutes, and then they say goodbye, and then he has a water or whatever, and they hook up the next station. So I'm sitting there waiting for the phone call. Five minutes late, ten minutes late, fifteen oh, minutes late. Geez. I'm sitting in the studio... Everything ready to roll, my headphones on, I got my questions ready, I got my coffee, I'm you know, just ready for the Fred Schneider thing. And, and as time goes on, I'm getting more and more excited about it. Because I'm like, hey man, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of an American icon in some way. There, you know, totally. there's no one like Fred Schneider. And I finally get the phone call and they go, hey, uh, Rick, this is so-and-so. Hey, uh, we've got this station really going over time, so uh, we'll get to you as soon as possible. It's, uh, you're only going to get four minutes today. And I'm like, what? Fine. And so what they do is they patch me in so I can hear the end of the previous interview and the deal is they're going to throw him right from her to me so mm -hmm. i'm listening to this uh, dj whoever it is do this inter and i swear to you i actually have this part on tape because i got to hear the end of the previous interview that he was doing i swear to you the interview before me this is what they were going like 10 minutes overtime with she was actually wondering why there is no apostrophe she was like chiding him for not having an apostrophe in b52s where, you know, an apostrophe doesn't belong. Yeah, that doesn't belong. And, oh, it's a number. And he was sort of, I know, and he was sort of uh, trying to placate her by going, well, you know how we are in Georgia. We're not really good with punctuation. Ha, 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 wah, wah, wah. And she, like, kept at it about why there's no apostrophe in B-52s. And meanwhile, I'm looking at the clock. Anyway, so they finally patch me in, and the guy goes, hey, uh, hey, Rick, uh, say hello to Fred Schneider. Fred, this is Rick Emerson at uh, KCMD in Portland. And he was really cool, French. But yeah, the phone hookup sucked. Uh, oh. It was the right channel only. And you know what I mean? If you have headphones on, it was like only in the oh, right side. Oh, that totally throws you off. Only in the right channel, filled with static and hiss. I had to pot him. I had to turn him, his level, all the way up. Uh, and it started feeding back. I had to turn him up so loudly. Uh, and I was, and just as I'm getting rolling with the interview, I have a bunch of great questions. Then the guy comes on. He's like, the guy actually says this. And this has never happened to me in an interview. I'm talking with Fred Schneider, and as opposed to telling Fred Schneider uh, that, like, time is getting short, the guy who was doing the, the operator for the interview just steps in and just says, hey, we got to turn it we got to turn it off now. And I'm, like, in, like, in mid-question. Oh, man. It was really bad. It was uh, really awkward. Is there a publicist that can complain to? Well, it's done, it's done within CBS, so really, we would just be complaining to CBS. So I don't wish to be that guy. I'm just saying... 
for many reasons, it did not go very well. So I probably won't play it back. Uh, at the very least, it would take a lot of editing and um, audio. I would have to do a lot of processing and restoration of the audio because it's fully hissed and it's only in the right channel. So I might play it tomorrow. But, I mean, truthfully, it was not a very good interview. Fred Schneider was great. He was really, really good. Mm. Uh, nothing wrong with him. Uh, but the audio setup, technically speaking, and then whoever this uh, nitwit was that was running like 10 minutes overtime talking about a goddamn apostrophe, it kind of blew the whole interview for me. So, anyway, so if you're w tuning in for that, uh, that probably won't happen until at least tomorrow. Uh, uh, let's do one call, then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Dager. Oh, leave her at 30. Oh, really? Then yeah, let's break here. Right come back. If you're on hold, hang tight. We see somebody about the Obama song, somebody about The Mist on DVD, and Lisa Desjardins. Stay there. Can I tell you, the problem with writing this Barack Obama song is that now the pina colada thing is stuck in my head, like, all the time. It was stuck in my head all yesterday afternoon, so thanks for that. Yeah. I was at home, getting ready for bed, wandering to the hallways in my car. Hey, so did I tell you the good news that um, my landlord's probably going to sell my apartment? Hooray! That's not really good news, is it? No, not so much. Are they converting it to condos, as Tim suspected? I have no idea. I called her, and she didn't, because um, they're like, oh, a broker, and they left, like, this fancy little notice, like... Oh, a happy little broker will come through and just look at our apartment like, today, so that's why I brought Muppet to work. Nothing huge, just a little inspection, don't yeah, so worry. I called her and I never heard back from her until she called me at like 10 o'clock last night and left a message. And she's like, hi, Sarah, yeah, you know, we are going to sell the property, but I'm sure it's going to stay exactly the same. No changes will be made. That's always a lie, by the way, just like it's a lie in radio. No, 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 a new company is buying the station, but no changes are planned or anticipated. I know. Meet your new consultant. Let's yeah. welcome now to the radio. From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, and how are you? Hi, guys. A, a new company is taking over uh, the Senate cafeteria. Is that true? That That is true, actually. It's a, a story I'm secretly working on because, of course, all the workers there are uh, not unlike Sarah, very nervous about their future. Yeah, they. Uh, well, that's the thing is, man. And every time a new company comes in, uh, there's all. They always do two things. They always deny there will be changes, and then they immediately institute sweeping changes. Yes, yes. They they have. It's fascinating because there was a public statement, and you know, when anything happens in the Capitol, it's such a inordinately bigger deal than it would be anywhere else. Uh, there was an official statement saying that all of these workers would keep their benefits. They're government workers now. The Senate runs the place. And government benefits, pretty nice. Oh, yeah. uh, now it's going to be a private company. So the official statement was, uh, you know, they're, all the benefits, everything's going to stay the same. But then my friends who, who work down there showed me the letters they got, which said, uh, you'll keep your benefits through the end of this contract that we're under now. <laughs> that and after which you will all we all be made into hourly employees with Not no benefits at all. Not at all. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that is the American way, Lisa. <laughs> I don't know. That is what the forefathers envisioned. So, uh, well, that's a weird thing though. How does that? I mean, why would the government, if it's a government contract or a government company, why would the government even give that up? Or are they just sick of paying for it? Well, what it is right now, right, the government, it, everyone is government employees, but it's operated through the management of it is through an actual contractor. But uh, it's losing money. It's losing millions of dollars a year, actually, uh, because it's, it's really the catering not just for the one Senate cafeteria, but for uh, the fancier Senate dining room and also catering all on the Senate side. So it's a big Big contract. 
Uh, right now it's run, the Senate itself kind of owns that jurisdiction, but what they're saying is we're just going to divest ourselves entirely and give this over and completely to another mm -hmm. company that would contract. Always remember, you can't spell the management without the man. <laughs> you cannot. Uh, all right, so... Uh, I've got all of this stuff sitting in front of me today. Some of it uh, sort of, uh, what if something, if there's a confluence, what is the active verb of that? It confluences with another, conflates? It conflates with each other. I don't even know what I'm talking about today, but I saw this. Confluential, yes. This is from, uh, Rasmus says, 22% of Democratic voters <laughs> nationwide say that Hillary Clinton should drop out of the race for the Demo Democratic presidential nomination. However... It also reports that 22%, an identical number, say that Barack Obama should drop out. I know. So we've got that. And then right here we've got um, uh, from the Wall Street Journal this great story about America's political candidates, uh, presidential candidates on the Democratic side, and how they are viewed uh, globally. And even globally, it appears to be very near a 50-50 split between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Uh, so it does sort of dovetail with what we were talking about yesterday about this. Imagine that, yeah. This, this human desire to have an absolute down the middle uh, stasis-like division uh, in in terms of support. So anyway, it's all very exciting. Um, so I don't even know uh, where uh, to begin today because hey, you know, dip into the uh, bingo bowl, as it were. I guess uh, I know that Hillary is doing that great thing she does. Hillary is sort of she is sort of political jujitsu in yes. that anytime something comes her way. She manages to sort of deflect it and then redirect it at someone else. <laughs> deflect so it and redirect it, yeah. You know, she's sort of like Neo in the Matrix, kind of doing that bullet time whip around thing, where they tried to hit her with this Bosnia story, which is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. The, the idea that she was sort of, and then with the bullets whizzing over our head, Apocalypse Now style. <laughs> and I'm proud to say it was CBS uh, that actually just sort of conjured up the video of the actual visit, where she's sort of, you know, skipping along with a parasol and buffing her nails. And <laughs> That's accurate. I mean, it's, uh, but that, I mean, it was... Uh, it did not have a parasol. Uh, it was very much a misremembering, as Roger Clemens would say. It was, in fact, a misremembering. She can, she can go into the hall of misremembering fame. And so she's now in the same... Uh, apparently in the same speech, was sort of addressing and trying to d deflate and diffuse the Bosnian issue, uh, and then r invoking the name of Jeremiah Wright. Bam. So, yep. Which is really great, because you know that that is going to be the hot button they go to uh, for the next, I mean, as long as they possibly can, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think at some point, we'll see how long this thing goes, but at some point it's it's uh, just going to be uh, very awkward how she tries to transition to Jeremiah Wright. But she'll, you know, she'll be, get a question about her favorite lunch menu, and she'll be like, I hear Jeremiah Wright. <laughs> oh, did I, that was a direct answer to your question. But you're right. That's how she did it. She actually was uh, speaking to a Philadelphia newspaper uh, in the morning, and they did ask her, essentially, you know, would would this man have been your preacher, or how would you have dealt with this situation? And she said, no, he, he this, given what I know about him, Jeremiah Wright would not be my pastor. But now her campaign is going to is just trying to hammer everyone over the head, saying, hey, it was a direct question. She gave a direct answer. Right. Big deal. Well, in in as part of her direct answer, repeating that answer to the press later on. She also happened to drop in a phrase that I don't think has gotten a lot of attention, and it should. Uh, she also happened to drop in the phrase, well, you can choose your pastor, but you can't choose your relative, which, of course, is a nod to Obama's speech in which he said uh, his grandmother, who he loves, also was flawed when it came to race relations. Oh, no, we've, uh, can I just tell you, we, we, that soundbite, uh, when it came out last week, 
uh, where he yeah. was, and he was being interviewed on some, I forget where the radio station even was, uh, but he was giving that uh, interview, and it was about, it was about his, his grandmother, uh, was it not? And this is the, uh, the, 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 the money phrase there was the, uh, she is a typical white person. And <laughs> yes. so it, it, he really is kind of getting it from all angles right now. He is, but the point is Hillary Clinton yesterday was saying, hey, I'm just answering the question. No, she she really was trying to, to, to stick a dagger in there. Uh, she wasn't just answering a question. No, she was. She was. That was part of what she was doing, but she was clearly doing much more. And the sad thing about this is behind the scenes from both sides, it has really just gotten outrageously. In fact, I, I wish that, Rick, you would probably be a little too gleeful to be on some of the email lists I'm on because it is ridiculous back and forth these last two days between these campaigns. And not only are they accusing each other of negative campaigning or personal attacks, but they're accusing each other of being disingenuous while accusing the other one. So they're saying, well, when you make that accusation, it's it's false and made up. But when I make the accusation, you know, so not only you're negative and also you're a liar by being negative, it's it's really it's wild. I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and there was uh, having a little bit of a discussion about this. And the theory was floated. I I don't know who, but the, the theory was floated that Hillary sees so much that the math is against her, and that just the the cold hard facts of the numbers uh, are, are that she is. I don't know if you want to say a long shot, but certainly she is at a disadvantage right now, a pretty sizable one. Yes, you, in, and some in New York Times actually had an editorial saying five percent chance. Yeah, and so the the theory was floated that. It, 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 she's making the best of a bad situation, and basically what she, she is now at sort of a nuclear option, and that is this, that she is trying to maneuver or paint Barack into this sort of stare-down corner, uh, where, in other words, they are being locked into this sort of who-will-blink-first uh, contest, and with trying to throw all of this sort of kitchen sink stuff at him, trying to create a slow leak in his support... Uh, so that while she is maybe uh, at a disadvantage, she's at least stable, while his numbers are sort of going down, even if they're still relatively high. And then it would be sort of a, well, who has to blink, who has to bow out, and she would then make the case that, look, you know, that uh, however, whatever people think of me, that my support is sort of where it's at, his is descending. Right. You know, I think that what's interesting here, this goes back to your underdog theory, where, you know, if she does kind of get this, it, she's in a tough spot because she needs momentum. But if she gets it, and if she gets it at the wrong time, it could swing the other way. In a state like Pennsylvania, for example, where she's doing really well, she's leading by double digits in polls. You know, if she beats up too hard on Barack Obama, he may people may give him more of a look than they would otherwise. And, and I think he himself seems to be playing for that. But his advisors, I am now fully convinced, Rick, his advisors have been, they did a good job when I was, you know, working with them in South Carolina of trying to avoid the typical traps uh, that they sort of fell into after New Hampshire. They were kind of trying to stay above it after the South Carolina debate. And yet now they really, now they, they are in, they are in the stew. They are, they are in the hot water with the Clinton folks. Everybody is throwing punches. You know, well, I, you, you, I think Obama is still kind of trying to stay above it, but even he is throwing a lot more punches than he was before. You cannot bring a knife to a gunfight. There's just no way. And true. You, right. And I, we're sort of uh, under time here, but very briefly before we go, and this is a big question, but in your sort of objective journalistic opinion, based on the support, the numbers, where the support is coming from, the general feeling within the party, do you feel like 
uh, like the Democratic Party maybe really uh, just massively screwed this fall regardless because whoever the nominee is, the other half of the party is just going to be embittered and angry and betrayed? I don't know. It seems like such a nice, uh, you know, kind of seems like a plot line for TV, but I, I don't I don't buy that. I really think that most of these Democratic organizers are not people who rub elbows with the Clintons or the Obamas. They're regular Democrats on the ground that beneath all of this, they are still so angry and disappointed about the last eight years that that I think it will come back to that even if they lose the White House this year. I don't think the Democratic Party will be destroyed. I think it would be a big hit. But I think that uh, they still will have a decent edge in Congress. You know, I, I just I don't see that. I just don't see that bitter kind of civil war within the Democratic Party lasting past this November. I, I don't know. But meanwhile, I do think John McCain is looking more and more formidable by the day. He gave a speech today uh, that, that I'm sure Democrats will find a way to go after but it was fascinating in that, you know, he's Iraq could be a problem for him in the fall. We'll see. It maybe not. We don't know. But this whole speech was basically, I am a man of peace. And he said some things that clearly uh, President Bush probably would not have said. He said, we have to not we, we can't uh, we can't push around essentially other countries of the world just by using America's power. We have to persuade them. And we have to be ready for them to convince us of things as well. So we have to have a two-way street, essentially, with the rest of the world. Also said in this new fight, meaning against global terrorism, scholarships will be more important than smart bombs. You could hear the conservative hawks just rolling over, turning almost apoplectic at these remarks. It really was, yes, I'm a warrior. And he said in so many – he said, quote, I detest war. So, you know, you wonder kind of if all the defense contractors, if if they Ugh. are either, you know, shivering at this or if they think it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge from McCain, hard to say. But he clearly is making, he's really going for the independence and the middle ground here, talking about global warming in this speech as well, and really trying to separate him from President Bush uh, in tone and substance in how he would deal with the rest of the world. So I think it's he really could be a difficult candidate for either Clinton or Obama unless they get their act together. I should say, by the way, I do appreciate the way that you politely indulge my ideological flights of fancy where I want to turn everything into a Joe Klein novel. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I say. Yes, I'm here all week. All right. Fantastic. As always, have a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow then. Okay, great. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. Excellent. I just dropped my. Did you break your new pen? Did you give me? Uh, did you bring me one of your pens? Uh, yet? You know, I can't find my others, but I'm going to buy a whole box of these. Yeah, those are uh, awesome. This is the best pen I've ever had. Uh, it's that's maybe not true. It's 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 the best pen I found since they discontinued uh, the last pen I used. The last pen I used, which was my pen of choice for 13 years, and then they quit making it, bastards. And so uh, I have found a new. This is the Pilot Precise V7 RT Black. Uh, which I quite like. Uh, we'll do a couple of these, then we'll uh, talk to Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, it's Dave. What's up? Um, you were kind of struggling with the second line of the Barack song yesterday. Yes, sir. And I thought maybe if you like Barack Obama, but you can say with no shame. And then, uh, and then, w- oh, I see. And then, you, then we go to the Clinton McCain thing. Exactly. All right, excellent. Thank, good, good suggestion, sir. Thank you. Right on. All right, there you go. Uh, so they can say with no shame. What? Well, here's what I here's what I have. <laughs> And we'll talk a little bit about, about this later on. But he, here's where I am with the, the Obama song. So we didn't have time to talk about this. And uh, <clears throat> I don't want to drag Lisa into all my, you know, whatever. But um, so I wrote this. Um, 
this set of lyrics last night. Yesterday, we had, for those who came in late, we had this idea yesterday of writing a mock, I mean, I don't say mock parody song, but writing a parody song, not because we think it's a good idea, but just to see if we could get some jackass radio station to play it. Um, because radio stations are typically just uh, so bereft of their own talent or originality. So the theory was we would write a zany Barack Obama parody song, uh, a pro-Obama song, and then kind of see through whatever means if we could get it played on a radio station somewhere. Okay. So the And my wife came up with the idea of writing it to the tune of the Pina Colada song. And so... Uh, we took some. We, we constructed the chorus on the air yesterday. We had people chipping in with sort of their own two cents for the verses. Uh, this guy Chris sent us a good chunk of the first verse. I rewrote it a little bit. So I have the entire song written. And wow, you do. I do. Um, so we have to talk to Steve Castamon. We get to talk to Steve Castamon here, and then at some point I'll read you this. Uh, I'll read you these lyrics, and then we'll talk about why I don't have the actual finished recording done today. Uh, because you're too busy waiting for Fred Schneider. Well, that was certainly part of it. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, the one and only Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir, and how are you? All right, pretty good. Uh, so I have to sort of take a deep breath as we talk about these things because I just had to fly again this weekend. I went to Vegas and twice in three days. I went to Vegas on Friday and I came back Sunday night. Uh, and it, going through airports is always, I don't want to turn this into another security ramp, but it's always a little, you know, it, it, uh, it, uh, it does cause me a little bit of annoyance, um, especially because there seems to be no consistency with airline regulations or rules or whatever. The fact that my the fact that my my rings and my watch will beep in Portland but not in Vegas. I have to take my shoes off in Vegas but not in L.A. I have to take off my belt in L.A. but not in Salt Lake. It just doesn't make any sense. So, but at least once you get on the plane, you figure that like they're going to leave you alone and everything's going to be fine and they'll do the stupid announcement about turning off your iPod so you don't blow up the plane. But you, you're going to be left alone. And then as you go to land, they say, there appears to be some uh, congestion on the ground, a little bit of traffic, and, uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, have to sit on a tarmac for a little bit and uh, try to get you uh, off the plane as soon as possible and uh, and onto the strip. So uh, everybody just sit tight and uh, recall, uh, you know, relax, and uh, we'll all get out of here as soon as possible. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then you just, and you know it's going to be like nine hours. Uh, and so, so, so tell me if I'm wrong. So this happened... And then some people filed a lawsuit saying, like, hey, let me go pee, uh, or whatever. And then the court told them to get bent. Yeah, basically what happened was, you, you remember uh, a couple of months ago when all those folks on JetBlue flights were stuck on the tarmac for hours on end because of problems at Kennedy Airport, and they pulled them away from the gates so other planes could at least have somewhere to go, and they sat on the tarmac for hours. So uh, this, they, the, they came up with this law here in New York requiring uh, airlines to provide uh, water, fresh air, food, and clean toilets uh, if you're stuck on the tarmac in a plane for a certain amount of time. But then the airline association basically said, you can't do that. Uh, the airlines are the jurisdiction of the federal government, and local states cannot make laws governing airlines. So a court of appeals uh, sided with the airlines and said, you're right, you can't do that because we can't have a hodgepodge of different laws in different states pertaining to uh, air travel. So uh, they, they tossed out the New York state law. Meanwhile, there's something like three or four different proposals on Capitol Hill regarding an airline passenger bill of rights, and there was a lot of fanfare when they were all unveiled. Well, they haven't gone anywhere. They're all assigned to committee, and, and they haven't been taken up yet. No debate's been going on. So while uh, some of our representatives talk a good game, it seems like uh, so far the airline industry is doing a good job of, of lobbying and stalling the process here. Well, what, what motive does the airline 
industry have to stall this? I mean, really, unless they're just deliberately trying to be obnoxious. It seems like their gut reaction is to try and stall anything and everything that pertains to them. <laughs> they never go along with anything willingly. Seriously, I, you want to talk about an industry that, I mean, I, and I'm never really clear about some of these things because you'll sort of complain about the airlines and people say, well, it's a, you know, it is a private business. Uh, you know, the, you're free to not use the airlines if you don't like the way they conduct. But it's really not that. I mean, it's not like McDonald's versus Burger King, you know, where if you don't like the fries at one place, you walk down the street to the other. You have to fly places. I mean, there's just no, it is, I would say it is a de facto, uh, I, I don't want to say it's a utility, but I mean, it's a thing that you cannot not use. You must use it. Right. And so the, the idea, this is why people hate the government. The idea that, that there's all this legislation allowing me to get a drink of water while I sit on the tarmac for six <laughs> hours, and that the government can't even agree that I ought to be hydrated, uh, really, that's the problem right there. That is why people detest our system of government sometimes. And, you know, I think the reason why some of those folks on those planes stuck on the tarmac don't get water, don't get food, is because some of the, uh, the flight attendants, and I've experienced this, are such sticklers for the rules once the plane has moved away from the gate and, and has taxied somewhere, they sit in their uh, their jump seats buckled, you know, buckled in and refuse to get up. And, you know, I've seen others, you know, get up and walk around right up until the minute that the plane takes off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and, and, and those ones, they'll always hand you some water, some, some peanuts or whatever they have. But then there's always those ones that are like, you know, Sit down. The 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 uh, fasten your seatbelt light. Uh, the seatbelt light is on. Meanwhile, the plane isn't even moving. Seriously, and and working on an airplane is the only place that you can get away with treating your customers that way. And if a waitress at a Denny's just tried to sit there and ignore me when I asked for water, uh, I don't really think that'd fly as well. No pun intended. Yeah, you know, I was once on a flight from from Japan back to New York, and uh, <laughs> they were we were experiencing some turbulence, and the uh, the seatbelt signs were on, but you know, it's a transcontinental flight over the Pacific Ocean. People have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, this one woman, oh my God, she was like a prison guard. She was yelling at people to sit down. Jeez. I was so embarrassed because she was literally, you know, raising her voice to these poor Japanese people who probably didn't understand what she was and, saying. And, and just need to, you know, use the bathroom. Need to relieve themselves. And she was mad because they were lining up. She wanted them to, you know, sit down in their seats and, you know, get up one at a time when they saw that the bathroom had been vacated. And she got to the point where she actually threatened to tell the captain that some people weren't sitting down. We were in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. What was he going to do, land on the water? Go out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I re and, that, and that was a Continental flight, and I want to uh, make sure Continental Airlines is aware of that. Okay. And by the way, just so you know, in my next life, if I come back as a superhero, I want the power to, pay, to, to, to tase people just for the power of my thought. Aha. Because that stewardess is going to be the first one who gets it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I, I would have tased her right away. <laughs> people, you That'll be a whole high-concept topic. People you could tase if, if only you could get away with it. Uh, yeah. All right. Excellent, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right, brother. Have a good day. We'll talk to you then. So long. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus. All right. Anyway, uh, so here... Are you going to read your lyrics? Yeah, so I've got the lyrics of the Obama song, and it doesn't really... Um, I think I've got, I think I actually have the instrumental version that I put together. Now, I'm not going to sing this. Um, well, because the two things are sort of inextricably linked. So I've got the lyrics done. I came in last night. Uh, so last night we were at the bowling alley. Lara split because she was going out with some friends. And then I was going to come back in last night. And the deal was I was going to lay down my vocal. I was going to come and I was going to uh, sing my, the male part of this song. 
And then Sarah was going to double my, you know, on the chorus, there's like that female harmony that doubles the, the whatever, the lyric. And so I was like, you know what, I'll have my part done, and then you can come in, uh, you know, uh, Wednesday, and, the, you know, when I'm done with the Fred Schneider interview, haha, uh, you can do your harmony. And so I put together this, the, the instrumental bed, which, by the way, was not, I couldn't, I couldn't actually find a karaoke version of it anywhere. So I actually had to piece this together myself from various recordings of the song by various artists. Uh, not as not as easy as it might other as it might appear, by the way. This took me a, sound easy. <laughs> this took me about half an hour. All those drum fills I had to create by hand, incidentally. They weren't there. <laughs> oh, you're so sad. I know. This is my life. Anyway. And so I I, I, I shaved it down to about two minutes and twenty seconds. Wait, this symbol? Oh wait, there's a symbol coming up. I have to did point you put out it my in own. Yourself? Yes, I did. Let's hear it. Uh, I think it's when we go into the chorus. This next drum fill I also created by hand. And that symbol, that's <laughs> I had to put that in from another song. Anyway, so I. Oh my God. Seriously, that's me. Hey, well, Rick. I'm not at the bar with my bowling team, and Chris is out from puking. You're, I'm assembling you're, drum you're fills. You're putting drum fills in for a karaoke version one of hit. Pina Colada. Yeah, one drum hit at a time. I am building drum fills for a fake karaoke version of the Pina Colada song. Hello, I'm a loser. That to yourself again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just write it down on a card and look at it occasionally when I feel smug. Um, so anyway, so I've got the lyrics done. So I came in last night to, to, to do my uh, vocal for this. And I swear to you, I spent uh, probably 90 minutes in, in a small production room. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, in a radio station, everybody is doing retarded things all the time. That is what we're paid for. We are shaved apes. I mean, I am fully aware of this fact. I mean, we're really just, we're really just, uh, as Donna Mike say, say, one step above rodeo clowns here. I, I really am aware of that. You know, you've got Cord and Fat Boy, who are playing a game last night called Stump the Movie Douche. Uh, you know... You've got, uh, you know, whatever's happening on, on the other stations, and you've, you've got us, and, you know, we're doing our nonsense. So it's not like radio stations are free of stupid behavior. That is largely what we're paid to do. And yet I am so horrified to be singing the, if you like Barack Obama, I'm shutting both of the soundproof doors, not just one. And yet the recording studio shares a window with Court and Fatboy. So I was just so self-conscious that they were going to hear me singing about Barack Obama because it just felt so retarded. But it they're did... your friends. I know. And, and plus, it's a kooky bit. But anyway, it's just, it's just you really do realize how dumb your job is sometimes when you find yourself alone in a recording booth at 10 p.m. singing Barack Obama to the Pina Colada song. Okay, that's weird. I just got an email from Squid. I'm sorry, this is Brandon, but it's snowing. Yeah, it's supposed to snow today. It's supposed to snow? Yeah. I don't understand weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was supposed to snow today. Is a snow level is supposed to drop to the 500 foot Which level. is downtown, apparently. That is that is apparently the city, as they say. I guess everyone yeah, get could... up and go look at the snow yeah. I'm going. I'll yeah, I think right it's... Back. Are you going to go look? I am. I'll be right back. All right. We can go in the break. So let me, okay. let me finish the Barack Obama. Okay, yes. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm in the recording. So you were self-conscious to sing about Barack Obama. No, I mean, I got over it. I'm just saying it wasn't self-conscious is the wrong word. It's just that you really do realize, like, how dumb your job is occasionally. You know, like other people, what do you do? I operate on cancer victims. You know, and I'm here singing a Barack Obama thing to the Pina Colada song. So I'm in the studio. I sang for, I did this song over and over for about 90 minutes, uh, lay, laying it down for 90, an hour and a half. And then I actually was up at my office on this same program, on this Adobe Audition program, which is like Pro Tools, trying to piece together a usable set of lyrics from all of my like 75 takes. And the thing is, I just couldn't sing it. I just 
This sounds dumb. The Pina Colada song, not easy to sing. It's not an easy song to sing, especially for me, because it's right between my two ranges. It's or you know what I mean. It's, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's That's it's, like me with social distortion. I can't sing along with Mike Ness because he's directly in the middle. Exactly, and not like I'm a great singer to begin with, but I can sing a little bit. But it's right in my right between my two vocal ranges, and I even tried pitch shifting it, like using Pro Tools. Just How long late were you here last uh, night? It was a long time. I I, I have no <laughs> life. Uh, so. Anyway, just over and over, singing it. Finally, I just sort of gave up. Because here's the thing about it. And then we'll break. The thing about the... Uh, and we'll, we'll take this up later. Because the, the upshot is we need to find somebody to sing this. Because I can't do it. Um, and when you can't, when you find that you, you're not even capable of singing the Pina Colada song, that's kind of when you weep to yourself a little bit. <laughs> but what I realized is my singing... It's not just the fact that it's out of my range. It's that my singing style, for whatever it's worth, is not the same. It's not what the song needs. Because... Because the guy who sings the Pina Colada song, he's very bright, as they say, very happy. Let's just say it. He's the whitest guy ever. And he's singing it sort of like, it's like what Ryan Seacrest would sound like if he sang. Uh, you know, or sort of Clay Aiken. Where he's just really, if you like Pina Coladas, you know, and he's very, very into it. And my whole thing is sort of like Trey Parker meets Leonard Cohen. Like, I sort of breathe everything. and If you like Pina Coladas, you know, and I'm just, the way I sing is just completely inappropriate. I mean, you're you're, breathy. You, I mean, you've heard me sing on the on on the project. You sound that a I lot like discuss. this guy who um, sings in this band. What's the name of the band? Oh, the Wonderstruck. You. you sound like this guy's lead singer of this band I, called the Wonderstruck. But well, you know that I, I when I sing, I kind of breathe a little bit. I, I you kind are of, a little breathy. And that's yeah. That is that's not the right thing for the Pina Colada song. The uh, P, yeah, the Pina Colada song seems like it needs to be like crazy. It's got to be bright. It's got to be bright and really, as Mr. White says in that thing you do, something peppy, something snappy. And I can't, I can't do peppy or snappy. So I have to find uh, someone to sing these lyrics. Now, uh, we don't have time to do this now, but I'll read you the uh, complete lyrics later. Okay. And then we've got to find somebody to sing it. And I think we can still have it done by tomorrow. So, all right. Ready? Break. So am I still, am I singing on it? Yeah, if you, I mean, because you, you, it's not that I'm embarrassed to do it. It's just that I couldn't. The, it was wrong. I couldn't hit the range. It was just not right. So, couldn't force it, Sarah. Uh, take a break. Come back after this. We'll talk more about that. Tim Riley's news, new. Back. Let's talk about that later. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop. Top five musicians who must be separated from their personal lives. Uh, let's see, what else? What the hell else are we doing? Oh, Mr. Skin will join us later on. We'll talk more about the Barack Obama, the Barack debacle. No, I was trying to do a Bob Loblaw thing. It didn't work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Yes, indeed, it is snowing at Highway 26 around the zoo, the West Hills, where it usually snows because the snow level is dropping to 500 feet. So don't be surprised. And it's uh, it's been very chilly in some parts. And it's snowing in the West Hills, basically. Yes. In the West Hills, isn't it always either uh, glorious white snow or just fantastic it's beams of sunshine and bluebirds? 
Yes. No in between there. Nothing but nice weather. And peacocks. And peacocks and happiness. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, don't be surprised if you see that the rest of the day. It's raining heavily here at our downtown studios at the moment. And so uh, beware of morons who live in Portland yet somehow don't know how to deal with rain. Yes. So our top story is the D.B. Cooper parachute. Yeah. Is it his? The parachute is now at the FBI office in Seattle. And, uh, well, they don't know if it's his yet. Of course, his jump occurred more than 30 years ago. The Bureau is asking for your help in the 37-year-old unsolved hijacking and former agent Greg Esslinger says, every so often, a phone call may pay off. The FBI, like any law enforcement agency, doesn't like an unsolved case. And so uh, every so often when they have these cases that are very old, they will uh, recirculate publicity and try to generate new leads as time goes by. And you never know when the time is going to work out and they'll get something like this. And you do kind of wonder sometimes, you're like, well, why? You th- I guess part of you, you think as a member of the public, well, wouldn't they just drop the case at a certain point? But then you realize that they're just as anal retentive about things as we are about certain stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but law enforcement's a little bit of a macho occupation. And you know that those guys hate having the idea that a criminal got one over on them. I mean, the idea that some criminal beat them probably just is anathema. And that's why they just, you know, work the case forever. So, uh... Fantastic. T.B. Cooper could still be alive. The fact that the parachute is buried, uh, that he has not been found, that the money was found in different places, uh, all suggest the possibility, although law enforcement's theory is that he did die upon uh, upon impact, but uh, there's certainly the possibility out there that he is alive and well. I think that their theory is that, though, because because that's the closest thing they can claim to a win right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they can't say, we caught him. So the best they can do is to sort of have it be a wash by saying, well, he died. He didn't get – in other words, the best – that's – It is the ultimate cold case. They can't say he got away with it. Like, cops can never bring themselves to say, well, he beat us. He beat us. We'll never catch him. He got away with it. But they can't say they caught him. So they're trying to make a have out of a have not there by saying, well, he didn't get away with it. He died. Uh, but it looks as though – I mean, I hate to even speculate because then I just get all excited. But it, the idea that maybe – he lands, buries the parachute. Uh, do we know how far away from this impact site the money was found, the Washougal River? Do we know how far away the mo- from this parachute thing that the money was located? Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Because Okay, they're, they're saying, we're talking about the $5,880 yeah, yeah. money. That was found in a bag in the Columbia River near Vancouver. Some investigators believe it might have washed down to the beach by the Washougal River, but... If Cooper landed near Amboy, which was where this was found, and stashed the money there, there's no way it could have naturally reached the Washougal. Okay, so that's what I read last night, that if, if this parachute was where he landed, mm-hmm. there's n- and, and if, in other words, if he landed and was killed, he couldn't have been killed there if this is his parachute, though, because the, they found the money in the Columbia River. There is no geographic way that a flood or rain could have ever washed the money from the parachute site to where they found it in the river. The, the, it, it could never have gotten there naturally. Maybe some beavers brought it there. It's entirely possible, Tim. Uh, so if this is his landing site, either he or someone had to physically have taken the money and, and, and thrown it into the river somehow. Mm-hmm. And there are no obvious markings on this parachute to indicate whether or not it's, it is the type that Cooper used. A Navy Backpack 6 with a 26-foot canopy. So now they're hoping... Now, somebody's going to come forward, and they're going to be a bogus expert on parachutes. Totally. Because by the time you get home tonight, like there are going to be parachute guy. experts everywhere on so this. It'll be a guy from Vietnam or, you know, yeah. some military guy from, like, Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody with lots of gold chains. Totally. <laughs>
Exactly. Well, like uh, Dog the Parachute Hunter, I, one of those guys. I spent, uh, I got over 14,000 drops, and uh, I can tell you that uh, from what I've seen, I don't believe this is the same parachute. I uh, There's distinctive markings that seem to be lacking uh, from the, and he'd have huge sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, and be like, pinned some, chest. some flight school or something. Larry, and he'll be on Larry King. Larry King will be the guy that has him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're looking for somebody to come forward, a parachute expert, oh. from whether or not this is the right kind before the FBI bothers to excavate the property. That is so great. I'm... But, of course, they still haven't found the exact spot because the guy can't remember exactly where he was. Well, it's because the kids found it. Right, the, the kids ki- found it, and then the kids were gone when the guy got home. Yeah, the kids dug it up, and the dad doesn't know where, and they pulled as much of the parachute out of the ground as they could, and then they cut the cables. So there are no... Like, there's nothing laying on the surface of the ground for them to go back and go, oh, yeah, that's the spot. Mm. Uh, so how great would it be if they just never find the spot again? God damn, I love D.B. Cooper. He's righteous. He really is. Um, I'm trying to find – I never did find that picture for you guys, and I forgot to bring it. I have it in a book at home. The creepy, great photograph. I never did find it the last time we talked. One of the 5,000 times we've discussed D.B. Cooper. Um, the, the photograph taken – at Seattle Airport, of the plane just sitting on the tarmac while they were waiting for the money to be delivered. Uh, because, as I always feel compelled to note, he took off from PDX. Right, and was going to SeaTac. Yeah, he got, I mean, and I think about that every time I'm at the Portland airport. I'm like, D.B. Cooper walked down this hallway. Like, at some point, on some storm-swept night in 1972, D.B. Cooper walked through this same airport. Uh, every time I'm at PDX, I think that, that he took off from here. Um, so there's a great photograph, though. He took off from Portland Airport. Lands at SeaTac. Lands at SeaTac. Releases the passengers in exchange for $200,000. And he then had to wait in the plane on the tarmac for the, for the money and the parachutes. And there is a great shot taken by some news organization from about 100 yards away of just the empty plane, empty except for D.B. Cooper and this kind of skeleton crew, mm-hmm. uh, sitting on the tarmac waiting for the fuel. And you, you sit there and you stare at that photograph. And he's not visible. I don't think you can see him in any of the windows. Or maybe you can. I don't know. I can't remember. But you stare at that photograph, and you're like, it's amazing just to look at that photograph and think, like, he's in there. Like, he is in the plane right there. There's a photograph of the plane, and he's inside it. And you can't see him, but you know he's there. Uh, and it's a, it's a great picture. I have it at home in a book about the case. Uh, I'll bring it in. It's really, really great. So uh, the Cooper incident has led to a number of changes in airport security. One of the interesting results of of that particular hijacking and and some that immediately followed it uh, was the implementation of pre-flight screening, uh, security screening. And uh, up until 1973, you could actually board a plane with a bomb or a gun and no one would know. Okay, here it is. I found found one of the pictures. Uh, So I I guess it's not as creepy as it sort of is in my memory, but this is – but here's a photograph for those who care. Of that is the plane sitting on the tarmac at SeaTac. That's eerie. It is. And you, I mean, this is after everybody's been taken off the plane but him. I'll post this photo later. And he's sitting in the plane waiting for them to bring the two parachutes and the money. And you look at that plane and you realize, like, that was taken that night at SeaTac. He's sitting on that plane, whoever he was. I mean, the, the only successful unsolved hijacking in American history. Uh, you know, they never found him. But that photograph is taken. He's sitting, he's sitting in one of those seats. It's just, it's such a great case. That's creepy. So... it's just like a plane, just like any other plane. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank goodness we have more heroes other than Lewis and Clark. They're kind of boring. It's true. And especially when you look at this photograph and you realize at that point they still figured they'd catch it. Mm-hmm. Like when they took this photograph, clearly it was just another, you know, because there was a rash of hijackings in America at one point. Um, as much as we make fun of airline security. There was a, a time in American history when it doesn't seem like there was a rash of people trying to take over planes. And... 
they, um, you know, and they figured he was just one other jackass who was trying to, you know, take a plane and that they would catch. And they had no idea at that point that he would just vanish and that they'd never find him. So the great thing about it is um, that because of D.B. Cooper, there is now that device on, in, in place on a plane that will not let you open the back door while the plane is in the air. And it's called a Cooper's Bane, uh, which, is huh. named, which is named for him. So that's uh, so anyway. that's beautiful. It rules. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, cops arrested a 38-year-old man accused of making a bomb threat on a TriMet bus. Quentin Bugs well, told another passenger had a bomb in his backpack. Uh, Mr. Bugs was removed and charged with disorderly conduct and interfering with public transportation. Hi, kids. I'm Mr. Bugs. Uh, Mr. Bugs' backpack was filled with stacks of paper. The OLCC is trying to revoke the liquor license for the downtown deli and Greek cuisine, Portland landmark known for purple octopuses outside, and a lively atmosphere inside, including belly dancers and plenty of plate breaking. The OLCC announced today... That because of a history of public drunkenness, fights, harassment, excessive noise, and public urination. <laughs> They're at uh, 404 Southwest Washington Street, by the way. That has led to the action. So have a good time while you can with all the public urination and whatnot. Excellent. Oh, God. Somebody just photo, sent me a photo of Amy Winehouse. Oh, with all the sores and everything? Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at that, too. Right, uh, yeah, I'm closing. Wrong. Here's Tim Riley. Baby for sale. Now Craigslist is being used to sell babies or give them away. Uh, police are trying to find the person responsible for a Craigslist post that advertised baby for sale and listed the names of a Lebanon husband and wife said to be the infant's drug-addicted parents. The ad claimed that the husband and wife are methamphetamine users who want to sell their baby for drug money. In reality, the couple doesn't even have an infant. It's unclear if they do have a drug problem, though. Uh, they don't know if it's a simple hoax or a deliberate attempt to embarrass the couple by spreading lies. How much were they asking? It doesn't say. Maybe it was reasonable. I mean, really. I mean, I guess. It, Time you know, payments. All things. <laughs> a rent-to-own baby. <laughs> so apparently it appears someone may have posted it to create a problem for them. All right. That father accused of manslaughter in his daughter's death during a winter sledding accident was declared not guilty by a liberal Clark County judge. Peter Gecko was accused of vehicular manslaughter in the death of his nine-year-old daughter, Madison. The little girl was hit with a brick wall while she was being towed behind in the snow by her dad's truck in January 2007. He was acquitted. He could have been sentenced to two years in prison. That's all. That's all? That's all. Mm -hmm. Well, he is from Vancouver. Hmm. Uh, apparently, the charges required that uh, Gecko be aware of the risks and consequences of his behavior. How old was she? As, how old was she? She was uh, nine. And he was, this is, uh, let me understand this now. Let me make sure I have the facts of the story right. She's nine years old. She's on like a tire or something. Was she on like an inner tube? An inner, but yeah, like a, yeah. like an inner tube uh, that was tied with a rope to the back of his truck. Uh -huh. He was then wheeling around in the truck, swinging her, mm -hmm. and then smashed her into a brick wall. Right. For, first of all, that A, he only could have been looking at two years, and B, that he wasn't even convicted of that. Well, last week a detective testified he smelled alcohol in Gecko's breath at the hospital when he brought his daughter in. But today, the nurse from uh, Legacy was standing close enough to Gecko to take Madison out of his arms, didn't detect alcohol. So this was uh, an inner tube. The speed was no more than 26 miles an hour. No uh, more than. So he was only going nearly 30 miles an hour towing his nine-year-old. Yeah. So, well, that so they, they proved that he wasn't smart enough to know that this could have caused harm. So he's free to create more babies now. As Ladies, 
<laughs> as he as he most assuredly will, Tim. Man, I just saw Idiocracy for the first time this They weekend. always do. How great is that movie? It is so good. I watched it with my parents, and my parents both loved it, too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, Idiocracy. And my mom started getting on. She's like, oh, and she started getting all upset, and she's like, this is why you need to have babies, Sarah. No, no, no. Have you, Tim, have no, you no, seen no. Idiocracy? I have not. No. You really ought to. It's, it was pretty hilarious. It's not a perfect movie, but it's good. It's uh, Mike Judge made it. It was his follow-up to Office Space. Uh, and they the Fox, beginning of that movie is genius. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hit or miss, uh, but it's got some really great moments. You, Tim, would appreciate the movie Idiocracy. It does confirm uh, all of your worst fears about humanity. All right, he's one of us. Mike Judge is one of our uh-huh. people. All right. Well, we all uh, thank our lucky stars who were born in America, and we have certain options. Those born in Bulgaria do not. <laughs> what is a Bulgarian? Well, some people left Bulgaria for a better life. And ended up in a circus of horrors, in which children are plunged into a piranha tank covered with deadly snakes. Wow. The circus of horrors has been shut down by Italian police. They've arrested three people after being tipped off by horrid spectators. Uh, besides the flesh-eating piranhas actor, there was also one in which the children were put in glass tanks and had deadly snakes slither over them. The children's sisters, ages 16 to 19, were all part of a Bulgarian family hired by the Marino Circus. Uh, it was uh, apparently the circus is from Italy. They arrested the owner and his son. Witnesses said the 19-year-old girl was forced to hold her breath in the piranha tank and had her head pushed back every time she surfaced for air. And this is an Italian circus? Yes. What are you complaining about? Uh, you got the other children? Her sister was also forced to land a, ga- a glass tank and uh, was covered with snakes and tarantulas. On you only bitten sometimes. Now, come on! She was bitten once by a tarantula. Wow. According to police, the girl and their parents were forced to live in inhumane uh, conditions in the back of two trucks. Two Bulgarian citizens have also been placed under investigation Jesus. for help luring uh, Eastern Europeans on false job promises. Several other circus slaves managed to escape <laughs> and tipped up by police. I don't mean to laugh, but circus slaves is a funny term. <laughs> These circus slaves who worked 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and they were paid $150 for risking their lives. Well, that seems reasonable. What they should I... have been paid $750 a week. What I don't understand, though, is who goes to see a circus in which children are shoved into piranha tanks? I mean, really, who's... I think the audience is at least partly to blame here. Oh, and $757 was deducted as expenses for their upkeep. <laughs> their upkeep. Not unlike those of horses. Jesus. All right, what should we do tonight? The children were seen trembling in terror in the piranha tank. Yeah, do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, we could go to see a movie. Uh, we could go for a walk. We could go see children shoved into piranha tanks. No, 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 let's do that. The young girl was forced to swim with eight piranha. Well, and that... was kept in temperatures just above zero in order to make the uh, piranhas lethargic. Well, there was only eight of them. The Bulgarian family now lives in safe premises. Well, see, there's a happy ending here anyway. <laughs> All comes out in the wash. Uh, slavery is still very much a reality in modern Italy. And they also treat Bul- Bulgarians, uh, unfortunately. It is uh, forced illegal immigrant labor. Yeah, All right. But many other Eastern Europeans are brought into Italy to be street prostitutes, so it could be worse. I thought Italy was a civilized nation. Not really. I thought that they were like us. Well... Mussolini had things in order, but <laughs> I suppose that's true. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, this is uh, Dale. I wanted to sing the Pina Colada song for you. You wanted to what? The what? For who? Sing the Pina Colada song for you. Do it. Do it now. If you like, if you like Barack Obama, if you're not for McCain. I can do it really good, man. I'll do it. Keep going. I'll... No, no, no. Keep... Okay, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, because I don't have the lyrics posted. Do you know the lyrics to the real Pina Colada song? 
Uh, yes, yeah, most of them. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, what, did, what is a song you could sing for maybe like four lines for us? Uh, so okay. just, just pick pick a pop song that you know. Sing us like four lines so we get a good sense of your vocal. Okay, uh, how about this Kiss song? I got no manners and I'm not too clean, but I know what I like if you know what I mean. What do people say? Oh, Mr. Can't you see? It don't mean space to me. Hey, well done. Look at you, player. Uh, what is your deal? Are you in a band or something? Yeah. Uh, what's your band? Hurricane Hole. Hurricane Hole? Yeah. Okay. Uh, fantastic. When are you available? Um, I can come in uh, today after work. I get off work around 4. I can come in after then uh, or tonight or tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, tomorrow, uh, let's see, uh, uh, tonight, uh, later tonight or probably tomorrow morning might be better. Probably tomorrow morning might be the way to go. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, no guarantees at this point, but you are a strong contender. So I'll put you if you are, if you would be available uh, tomorrow morning, say I don't know, like uh, I don't know, eight thirty nine. Okay. All right. I'll put you on hold, Richie. Uh, get this guy's information, Daryl, uh, and uh, who knows, we may be in touch, Dale. sir. Dale, D A L E. Oh, I'm sorry, Dale. Uh, and points on using a kiss song. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go, Richie. If he you knows can talk the way to, to your heart. D- totally. If you can talk to Dale on three, I got one bad at all. All right. You still down for doing the female uh, harmony? Totally. I mean, I don't have to. It's not singing along. Like, it's cut separately, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That guy will come in, and then you just lay down your thing over top. But I, I would do it, but I just. Uh, I totally. Uh, here's Tim Riley. A uh, search is underway in the coop where a man investigators believe was accidentally buried alive while digging for buried treasure in Clark County. Now he's the buried treasure. Mm hmm. They're using uh, hand shovels as well as a backhoe. They're looking for James L. Moore. Apparently, he's been known to dig for buried treasure in a certain area. It already had uh, several tunnels dug, so his family knows uh, the general area where he was. As of noontime today, the crews had dug down about eight feet and said they also found cement blocks and boards that they believe Moore used to shore up his tunnels. At least one of his tunnels had definitely collapsed. Who knows, Moore, in a thousand years, even you may be worth something. But just for the record, there's no record of uh, Pilot Booty buried in Clark County. Pilot booty. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Chelsea Clinton, shall we? Can we? Yeah, we can. She was confronted with an unexpected and uncomfortable question during a campaign stop at Butler University. She called on a man in the crowd who wanted to know if her mother's credibility had been hurt because of how she handled the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh, awkward. Yeah. Chelsea said the question did not deserve a response, but he, she delivered one anyway. Wow, you're the first person, actually, that's ever asked me that question. Um, in the, I don't know, maybe 70 college campuses that I've now been to. Have another cigarette, Chelsea. And I do not think that's any of your business. No, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. We did. She yeah. continued to tear a new yeah. one. Wow, you're the first person, actually, that's ever asked me that question. Um, in the, I don't know, maybe 70 college campuses that I've now been to. And I do not think that's any of your business. And I, and I also don't think that should be the last question. Yeah, good for you. Tell them i got to shove it. All right, well done. Uh, Nancy Reagan has endorsed Arizona Senator uh, John McCain for the presidency. From beyond the grave. always waited until everything was decided and then endorsed. Well... Obviously, this is the nominee of the party. 
Uh, really, when camera flashes are louder than your voice, I think that's God's way of telling you to stay home. Larynx made out of no, paper. No, about ten more years to her, I think. Well, the you know the truly mean never die. Uh, they do live forever unless somebody, you know, really, you were mentioning Mussolini earlier. Yeah. I mean, unless acted upon by an outside force, uh, the truly evil just, evil evil lives forever, Tim. Well, John McCain uh, says a premature withdrawal of troops from Iraq would lead to chaos in that peaceful country. And uh, call once again for the closure of Guantanamo Bay. I hold my position because I hate war. And I know very well and very personally how grievous its wages are. But I know, too that we must sometimes pay those wages to avoid paying even higher ones later on. Well, he had me for, and I just don't even understand what he's talking about at the end, but he likes the war. I do let, I, uh, that phrase when he says, I detest war, Lisa was talking, touching on that earlier, about whether he really means that, or whether that's sort of a, uh, that's like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge thing to the war crowd. Like, I don't really detest war. I love war. A whole lot. <laughs> uh, but he's saying that to try to capture the moderate vote that they think would otherwise go to Barack Obama. Sort sort of like no 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 I uh I hate war it's uh not bad war is terrible and then but everybody sort of understands because he's the one he said that we've been in, be in Iraq for a thousand years or something yeah we'll be there for a thousand years if we have to so uh, you know so uh, word to the wise caveat emptor yes uh, American Airlines has canceled more than 200 flights for inspections today makes you wonder what they've been doing until now. The airline says many of the planes have returned to service and some of the other aircraft will be inspected and returned as soon as possible. Former National Transportation Safety Board member Vernon Gross says the McDonnell Douglas planes are being expected uh, for wiring defects. As aircraft wiring ages, it's buried, you know, like the veins in your fingers. It's hard to get at in the structure of the airplane, and so evidently uh, both the FAA and the American Airlines have agreed on inspecting that. Yes, they need to inspect that wiring. Insulation on that wiring is Kapton. It's a DuPont wiring insulation. The military aircraft in the United States have all replaced Kapton, but many of the commercial airlines, including this MD-80 model, still retains Kapton wiring. Kapton sounds like one of those, uh, tonight's cavalcade of stars brought to you by Tapton, fibers and electronics. All right. Hey, that story you had earlier about the public drunkenness and the urination and so forth? Yes. Uh, what restaurant was that at? That was that. I think I missed uh, whatever the restaurant you said. Uh, all I heard was there was a lot of boozing and peeing everywhere. Let's see. Uh, baby for sale. Uh, oh, <laughs> baby for sale. Uh, the downtown deli and Greek cuisine at 404 Southwest Washington. Ah, I see. That's the place with the giant octopus up front. Yeah, the giant mm -hmm. purple octopus. Okay, and they see, put a Santa hat on it. I only heard the deli part. I didn't hear the Greek part. There's belly dancing, plate breaking, and public urination. Drunken fights and harassment, excessive Wait, noise. You know, that, but doesn't that place just seem like trouble, though? Uh, every time, I mean, I've eaten there a few times. I think I've eaten in the deli section at lunch a few times. But you go by there on, like, a Friday night, it just seems like one of those places to which, A, I would be, I would be denied entrance. And, mm -hmm. B, that's just as well because it seems like a place that I would rather be killed than go into. The Greek cuisine? Yeah. Um, I've been there once, and a girl sold me earrings in the bathroom. Real. And by selling you earrings in Seriously, the bathroom, she you had mean, a huge baggie full of earrings from like Claire's. A baggie full of earrings. I'm serious, earrings. And she had all these earrings, and she's like, "You want jewelry?" And she showed me all this jewelry, and it was like a, a dollar for you're, a pair of earrings. You're sure she wasn't selling you nose rings? Oh. <laughs> no, she showed, she sold me some really cool That's knockers. Bizarre. It was totally bizarre. <laughs> Wow. Um, and she's like, she's like, you can have five pair for $5. And so I'm in the bathroom. It totally was reasonable. And I, I felt kind of bad, but she's like, I'm trying to support my kids. And so 
She stole a bunch of <laughs> she stole a bunch of jewelry from Claire's yeah. allegedly. Oh wait, so you bought you knowingly bought stolen property. I don't like to think that it was stolen. <laughs> Wait, but you just said it was stolen. Did I she don't tell know you that? It was stolen. Of course it was stolen. Who are you for? You know, but they're like a billion dollar company. They didn't miss a couple pairs you know, of plastic earrings. As Abby Hoffman said, you know, it's immoral not to steal from the man. You know, Sarah. I felt bad when she was telling me about her kids and how her uh, how she has left her um, you know, wife beating husband. Yeah. And so I bought some earrings. You know, the, the, the Greek cuisine, though, seems like one of those places where a lot of guys, spiky hair, Waxen chest, shirt open halfway down. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of guys chewing a lot of gum, and then with like a single gold necklace. Uh, do you remember we used to have? Well, I shouldn't even say this. Do you remember that uh, that listener we used to have? Um, I won't give his name. Who I haven't seen actually anywhere in a long time. Uh, that exact guy, spiky hair, seemed to be always like kind of amped up a little and sweating a lot. Shirt unbuttoned. Uh, lots of gold jewelry, and looked like one of those guys that was be standing outside an electronic or watch store in New York, and like trying to, hey everybody, come on inside. Hey, jewelry right here. Hey, what you you want? What I got watches, fifteen percent off right now. Hey, lovely lady, you want some bracelet? Hey, buy your lady a bracelet. That guy, huh. you know who I'm talking about? That guy, that listener we had who was really twitchy. I'm not saying I really am not saying he was on anything, but seemed like he. You know, like you, that, that might, he was especially, like, people may think, might have thought that about him when you first meet him, go, well, this guy's cranked out of his brain. Mm. Anyway, uh, that, the, the Greek cuisine seems to be filled with a lot of guys you, like that. You would be right, my friend. Yeah. That is exactly so what it's That's why about. I've never gone there. The end. Uh, we come back. Tim Riley has more news. Yes. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Jim Rube coming up later on. Top five, Mr. Skin and so forth. Stay there. Tim Riley returns after this. finger the number of those guys I know who isn't dumb. And that's Adrian, actually. That's so. true. All right. Oh, by the way, we'll just end that conversation now. We should know, by the way, the twitchy guy uh, that we were talking about, twitchy, sweaty guy earlier, not Adrian. Uh, a friend, Adrian, who's a longtime listener of the show. No, I totally remember who you are talking about. Things. Yeah. I haven't I, seen him in, like, years. It's funny. As I was describing this sort of twitchy, weird, sort of tweak-it-out listener, Sarah noted that I was sort of inadvertently describing this guy, Adrian, who's helped us with some things and who uh, uh, was in one of our uh, the He's intro in the video. video for Listener Party uh, 9. And Anyway, so not him. It was a guy who kind of looked like him, less muscular, though. More more flab. All right. Anyway. Squishier. It's all very awkward. Let's move on. Here's okay. Tim Riley. So getting back to this baby for sale ad on Craigslist. Baby for sale. The ad posted featured a baby for sale for $1,000. So you asked how much it was. That's too much. The ad showed a baby covered with food and mud being held by an adult. Why would I be able to pay less for that if it's all if I have to clean it? The ad reads, we are out of tweak and we'll sell this baby for $1,000. Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. What city was this in? This was in Craigslist under the Salem area rants and raves. Why does it always have to be in Oregon? Does it give a uh, seriously? We, I mean, we've produced several national stories in the past couple of days. Are we becoming the Florida of the Northwest? We are. Um, so uh, we, let's just think about the stories we've had recently. We've had the Craigslist demolition of the guy's house. Mm-hmm. Craigslist, say, boy, Craigslist having a bad week. Sale of the baby. DB Cooper. Um, Seems like we just had some other story here that was freaking ridiculous. Well, the pregnant man, but we're going to revisit that. The tonight. pregnant man. <laughs> uh, do you? Th- I mean, and somebody pointed this out via an email. They said um, about Craigslist. Do you ever get the feeling that Craigslist is the next Napster and that we're all in the final glory days of the Wild West before it becomes regulated? Um, <coughs> it is true. I mean, do you remember? Oh, Oregon's been around for the longest time, and nobody stood in its way. I wonder about Craigslist and whether there's going to be some federal legislation introduced to regulate. That site, which, by the way, I am saying now I'm not in favor of, uh, because, you know, whatever, it's the Internet. There's nothing, Jake, it's Chinatown. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's free ads. I mean, the Oregonian has been sucking money out of people for years. Exactly. But you do as wonder. As well as all the other newspapers. I do wonder, though, to some degree, if that's why Craigslist regulation might happen, because you've got to wonder if the companies, Tribune and so forth, that open, uh, open that own uh, the established newspapers. Mm. I mean, those you know, newspapers aren't doing so well, but the companies that own them still have a lot of money. And you've yeah. got to wonder if a Knight Ritter or somebody who owns newspapers, who you know, maybe they have a little bit of uh, you know, they got a couple congressmen in their pocket. The Oregonians don't buy Newhouse. You got to figure if they have enough lobbying money, if they because because Craigslist is just stripping revenue from newspapers. Oh I mean, yeah. Craigslist is single-handedly. It really is not an exaggeration to say it's it is to newspapers as Napster is to the RIAA. It's the only place that you know people look for jobs or apartments or roommates, anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to wonder if having seen what happened to the record industry, if the newspaper industry will get some lobbyists on their side to have Craigslist clamped down on, mm-hmm. because they just see that Craigslist is draining their money. So, and it's interesting. I'll be curious to see how that sort of uh, unfolds. And, and there's nothing worth reading in the Oregonian except for, you know, Peter Carlin's column. You yeah. to find out what's on sale at New Seasons every Wednesday. Peter Carlin and the uh, For Better or Worse. For Better or Worse. Yeah, comic strip. Oh, I never read the comic strip. And Foxtrot. Oh. And uh, let's not forget the jumble, Tim. Oh, uh, the jumble is You know what I do read sometimes in the Oregonian? I read that The Edge thing that's on the front of the living section where it's just a bunch of, uh, it's a bunch of, like, short, small... How do I put it? There's this thing on the front of the living section called The Edge, and I think maybe it's only a couple times a week, but it's a bunch of small, quick hits. It'll be like a fun fact, a weird news story, a piece of trivia, a limerick, a bad joke, uh, and like a weird fact of the day. It's a, It really is like attention deficit newspaper writing. It's sort of like this show, uh, but on the living section of the day. I read that. That's about it, though. And Peter Carlin's on sabbatical anyway. I know. So there's there's nothing worth reading in the Oregonian. Yeah. Now. Anyway, uh, getting back to the pregnant man story. So apparently there are some doubters out there who think this can't be true. So uh, <laughs> the latest doubters are K2. Apparently they took a trip to Bend to find out whether or not the story was true. Uh, this fellow named Beatty and his wife, who live in an upscale neighborhood and own a business, were nowhere to be found. Uh, neighbors say they haven't seen them in days, and one person said a TV crew, possibly a tabloid, had been following their every move. So, uh, And some of the people around there say uh, it could be a hoax. So they're nowhere to be found at the moment. And we understand that they're selling their story to the tabloids, so you can, we can probably find this in the Inquirer pretty soon to find out. All right. And they're not doing interviews unless people pay. So well, it's America, really. Well, that's, that's what America's all about, Tim. It is I, a- mean, I mean, they did uh, 
Well, the guy wrote an article for the uh, the Advocate, but he wrote it as an article. No, it's not a, as so. Not as a, you know that, that is uh, that is what separates us from communists, Tim. Right. Uh, the idea that if you have uh, if you have something people want, uh, it is your right, and in fact, as an American, your obligation and duty to chisel as much out of the paying party as is possible. So apparently, a neighbor said the couple left their house every week for fertility treatments in Portland. So there there are some things going on here. Interesting. So if you want to read the story, the uh, the link for it's on my blog. Did you say that they were that they had done an interview with a tabloid, or they were being courted by a tabloid? They were being courted by a tabloid. We should uh, totally put Dorothy Carcassari onto that if she's not already mm-hmm. uh, our inquirer gal, and see uh, see if they can get somebody uh, there. All right, excellent, good for them. So and uh, let's see, K two says we do not pay for stories. Well, they should. Well, you should. They you talk can, to them. You they have to start paying, really. I mean, no, God bless that. You know that vaginoplasty is not going to pay for itself. Mm-hmm. So nothing against our friends at K2. No, no, of course not. It's not to say the story isn't true. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, doctor who cured the boy whose blood flowed the wrong way. Ah. Yeah. A three-year-old whose blood flowed in reverse has undergone surgery to stop it from happening. Apparently, the heart was working in reverse. I don't uh, don't even understand what that means. You're freaking me out. Well, the blood goes in one direction. Apparently, it was going in reverse. So maybe he lived in... uh, Bizarro world? No, uh, Australia. <laughs> uh, he has this, uh, he has Coriolis of the heart. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know what that means, though. I mean, I understand backward, but I mean, what, I don't understand the effects of that on your body. Here's a dumb question. Why is that bad? All right, he was born with a rare condition, uh, which meant the blood vessels in his heart would go from back to front, I guess, instead of from front to back. In people with the condition, the body's major artery, the aorta, is connected to a smaller pumping chamber of the heart, the right ventricle. As a result of this, the boy had low oxygen levels in his blood and was often breathless and blue. Oh, well, that, that so is can't stand around being blue. <laughs> don't be so... Why so blue? Why so blue? <laughs> because my blood goes in reverse. <laughs> I don't think that fits in the next line of the song. <laughs> so they turn the heart ventricles around, and now the blood is going through the heart the way it's supposed to. Okay. Turn the heart around. So he's no longer blue. <sighs> okay. I Brett Lipson blue, the that guy story. Genius. I love Oregon. That didn't happen in Oregon. I'm gonna say it did. Where did it happen? Uh England. Nah, it happened here. Okay. It happened in Portland. <laughs> I love Oregon. Boy with a heart that uh, pumps blood in the wrong way for sale. A thousand dollars. Parents of tweakers. <laughs> I don't understand the thing about the parents selling the baby. For a thousand dollars, it still doesn't make any sense because. Well, it couldn't have been them. It's somebody who didn't like them. Oh, so is is that is the come take apart my house on it, Craigslist? It, is that the new I'm ordering some pizzas to be sent to your place at night? Yes. Okay. Yes. That, that is the new. Uh, do you have Prince Albert in a can? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't think people can do that with the pizza anymore, because they can probably trace your number right away. You know, uh, I don't know that they trace the number though. I, I've called for a pizza and the guy says. You know, what do you want? And uh, uh, and then what's your address? And then he'll say, what is your number? And you give him the number, but they don't know. It's on a cell phone. How do they know? I suppose they can go back and trace it somehow. But I don't think that's true. I I don't think that's possible. Because if you called, maybe it's just my pizza establishment, uh, because uh, Laura and I have sort of a go-to pizza place. Uh, Sometimes we'll branch out, but we have a go-to pizza place for most most of the evenings. And uh, for the 700 times a year that we have pizza. And... We call, and every single time, and here's the thing, we call this place, and every single time, they go, what's your name, what's your address, what do you want, cash or card, what's your phone number? And then I give it to them, they repeat it back to me. So clearly, they don't have a caller ID for it, 
Um, well, they know you're a regular customer if you order that much pizza, and you probably do. I do. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Um, <laughs> because you're hideous. Uh, let me ask you this. Are you known? Score around the room. Uh, is anybody here, uh, excluding myself, because the answer is yes, is anybody here known by voice at uh, a business or restaurant? Like when you call on the phone. Anybody recognize? Do you ever call a business or restaurant where they recognize? And I don't mean like it's a business, like it's one person, like a like a, a business with several people. You call and they know you by voice, or no. or where they know you by order, where you order something specific and they go, oh yeah, I remember you. Oh, a restaurant I go to knows that. And so, do, do, are you able to? Let me ask you this. Here's the. This is a great even, thing. Even even if I hadn't gone to this restaurant in a year, the, I sat down and they remembered. Do they ask if you year. want the regular, the usual? Mm-hmm. How great is that? Isn't that a great American thing? That's it a is. thing that's usually only in the movies. They go, well, hello, sir. The usual. You say, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I used to eat at a restaurant downtown. Uh, there was a deli downtown that I ate at when I was uh, working downtown. And I would walk in, and the woman, she was uh, hello, sir. Would you like the usual? I'd say, yes, I do. And you kind of feel a little a little smug when other people are there. and But it's like you are known. And she, she, you know, she knows your regular order. It kind of makes you feel a little bit better than the other patrons. But then the opposite of that is when you call the pizza place and the guy goes, "Hello, the is a pizza." And I say, uh, "Hi, I, uh, I'd like a large." Pe-. And he goes, "Oh, I know, large pepperoni and jalapeno. It'll be cash about 25 minutes. I know where you live." And then you realize that you really consume so much pizza that your life has taken a really dark turn. So. Anywho, all right. Here's uh, but no, but but the, but the people selling the baby for a thousand dollars. So, do you think it's too expensive? It, well, I guess if it's, beef? I guess if it's, <laughs> I, I demand a discount. This baby is bruised. Um, so I, uh, I'm just saying, if, if it was real, which I guess it's not, I don't even understand the plan because. If a person shows up for that, what are they just going to, were they just waiting for somebody to show up with a thousand dollars and they were just going to then just... Some people are desperate for children. But I mean, were they just going to shoot him and take the money? Oh, that's good. Because the th- if they didn't even have a baby... Maybe they didn't think that far in advance. Maybe the guy was going to pay a thousand dollars and then they would pledge to make the baby and give it to him. You know, like he was like he was paying now, like like it would be delivered. Like when you buy something on, you know, like a like you get a rain check, like the item, like when you pre-order a CD... Like you know, when you when you pay when you pre-order a copy of The Mist on DVD, and they go, no no no, well we'll give that to you when it comes. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, speaking of children, Richie Sambora could be criminally charged with child endangerment. <laughs> when he was busted for DUI, he had his ten-year-old daughter Ava in the car along with another juvenile and another adult, a woman. He was driving drunk and could be charged with endangering the two kids. Please say, please say this. Please say that he's wanted for child endangerment. Doesn't say that yet. Laguna Beach uh, PD huh. are actively investigating. And Laguna Beach really doesn't have that much crime to okay. investigate. Please say this. Please say that um, it's possible that in the future he could be wanted for child endangerment. It is possible. In the future. What else do you want from me? <laughs> Never mind. I, think he wants you to say I it. was going the longest way for a joke and it just didn't come together. Fine. Sarah, do you know what I was going for? Yes. I okay. Wanted, dead or alive. Nah. Sarah, it's possible that in the future, Richie Sambora could be wanted. Oh, come on! <laughs> Am I supposed to say oh, it? Never mind. F it. Let's go back to singing songs again. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, sing us your song, Rick. You shut up! I don't understand what's happening here. I don't either. I'm I was trying confused. to do a Bon Jovi joke. But it doesn't rhyme, and it doesn't make sense. Wanted. Wanted! Child endangerment. See, it would have been funny if you'd done it that way. 
Okay, you do the story. You say the line. I don't understand pause. what you're doing. Say, <laughs> say this. Say this phrase. Say. Okay, tell me exactly what you want me to say. Say this. Say we're not Please saying this. On the cue card. We're not saying this is true, by the way. Uh, we're saying this could be true for the purposes of comedy, though. We're using this line. Say Richie Sambora possibly wanted on child endangerment charges, but pause just a little bit after the wanted. After the wanted. Yeah, just pause a little bit. Richie. <laughs> Richie Sambora possibly wanted. Wanted. For child endangerment charges. See, that's funny. That's how you do comedy. Is it? Everybody Is take it? A, Everybody learn from this. That's the benchmark. <laughs> Thanks for teaching us, Rick Emerson. <laughs> how to be funny by Rick Emerson. Chapter one. Uh. Buy a sparkly Barack Obama t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Wear, bar, wear a picture of Barack <laughs> Obama two. looking like Great Richie songs Rich. songs along the lines of Pina Colada song. Uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. Attention, parents. The Chinese are trying to kill your babies. Final diaper bags have been found to contain dangerous levels of lead. These are diaper bags that we purchased at mainstream retailers like Kmart, Walmart, and Babies R Us. They're usually made with vinyl. Vinyl is a poison plastic that's often made with lead, and that can be a source of lead exposure to children. Why would a diaper bag contain any amount of lead? I mean, not just like... I guess an... the Chinese have uh, an ample supply of lead, and they're trying to get rid of it. I and suppose. getting busted every time. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like Andy Dufresne trying to get rid of his Shawshank wall. Yankee dogs. <laughs> All right. You take all our lead and like it. Uh, Hillary Clinton wants us to know that uh, this is the first time in 12 years that she's told a lie. The military took great care of us. You know, they were worried about, uh, you know, taking a first lady to a war zone and took some extra precautions and worried about all kinds of things. But uh, uh, I've written about it in my book, and I've talked about it in many other occasions. And last week, uh, you know, for the first time in 12 or so years, I misspoke. Barack Obama has a racist preacher. We certainly did take precautions. There is no doubt about that, and I remember that very clearly. But I did make a mistake in uh, talking about it, uh, you know, uh, the last time and recently. Now, that's so great. It's so great how she just, she has that weird Teflon ability that her husband has in some ways. Mm -hmm. Whereas, she, isn't you lying? Yes. Yes, I did lie. Yes, I did. Let's move on to Barack Obama and his preacher. I mean, she just has. We don't have a choice when it comes to our relatives. We have a choice when it comes to our pastors oh, and the churches we attend. Yeah. Everyone will have to decide these matters for themselves. They are obviously very personal matters. She is a typical white person. That is fantastic. Well done, Hillary. Good for you. So, and the pundits are saying all this stuff is going to push all the Democrats over to vote for John McCain. I kind of doubt that. I don't think that's true. Lisa, I was talking I to think Lisa people have that. their minds made up, and this is just a sideshow. They're not paying any attention. To. That is the thing. I asked Lisa about that because this has been speculation. It'll fracture the Democratic Party. Like that would be some kind of tragedy. Mm -hmm. Like the Democratic Party is some mint, like some Fabergé egg that you don't want to break. I mean, who cares? It'll fracture the Democratic Party. Like, you know, like anybody gives a rip about that. Um, so. It, it, all, but, you know, if Hillary gets the nomination, half the people will leave. If Barack gets the nomination, half the people will leave. And I don't think that's true. I think if, no. if, if Republicans will vote for McCain. Democrats will vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is. And that's it. So it really is just a slugfest between Hillary McCain and, and, uh, and Obama. So really, that's it. Just sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, meanwhile, officials are trying to decide whether or not to file charges against a Missouri man who fatally shot his wife while trying to install a satellite TV system in their bedroom. A Patsy Long died after being shot in the chest with a 22 caliber handgun. Her husband, Ronald Long, fired the shot from the inside of their home after several unsuccessful attempts to punch a hole through the exterior wall <laughs> using other means. All the more reason to stay with Comcast, I guess. The neighbors tried to give her CPR, but it didn't work. 
Uh, let's see. He was under the impression that everyone was in, outside the residence, so he thought, why not shoot a hole through the wall? Why not? And apparently he tried to uh, install this himself. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Have a, have a guy come do that for you. Patsy Long worked as a car hop at Sonic in Warsaw, Missouri. She was a good person, you know. She took care of her family and was a model employee. A car hop? Yes, a car hop. It's like being a cigarette girl. Mm-hmm. All right, well, whatever. Yeah, don't go shooting holes in the wall of your house. A neighbor says bad things happen to good people. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, how's it going? What's up? How can I help you today? Oh, I was just calling about how you were saying Craigslist is the latest and greatest way to prank people you don't like. Yes. Uh, I pranked a friend of mine out of their phone, and uh, then the next day, mysteriously, someone went and uh, put a fancy carpet on the free list and put my phone number down, and I got called at least 150 times. Wait, so, so, let's, so let's back up. What did you do to start this? Well, I, I kind of got a little intoxicated and thought it'd be funny to start pranking people out of other people's cell phones. And so and then, what does that mean? You mean, uh, you, mean you were calling... Just calling, just for fun, just funny voices and whatnot. But for, but on someone else's cell phone. Well, I was using my cell phone to call someone else's number, so they didn't know who I was. I see. Okay. And so then I, you know, leave my number open to be received by them. So then the next day I'm just at work doing my usual thing, and all of a sudden people keep calling me up and being like, "Oh, can I get that free rug that you have on Craigslist?" Yeah, and like, no, I don't. I don't know. have any free rug, and it got to the point where as soon as I hang up the phone, it would start ringing, and my voicemail box just filled right up. Oh. Fantastic. I mean, not for yeah. you. Uh, That's however. Nope. I got to go back to the man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The man's a calling. Uh, on KCMD Portland. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry to wake you up. Oh no! <laughs> what? I was listening to your show there. <laughs> Where? Um, I'm listening to it right now. I'm out in Gresham. Uh huh. And uh, you were talking about the Bon Jovi song "Wanted for Dead or Alive," and I've changed it. I'm actually in a wheelchair, and I got a DUI on my wheelchair. And so I had to write a song about it. Let me, uh, before we continue. Okay. Uh, from where are you calling, sir? I'm calling from Gresham, well, Oregon. Well, I could have figured that, but Can I mean... Can we ask how old you are? But, uh, yeah, how old are you? I'll be 32 this year. Uh, w- are you uh, are you who, calling... Chucky McGee in the background Yeah, are you there? calling from a house or from a place? I'm calling from an apartment, yeah. Uh, now, is this your roommate in the background? My roommates are in the background, yes. Is he amused by this conversation? Oh, yes, <laughs> Um, well, have, they know the song very well. Have him, uh, have him shout something from the other side of the room. Shout something from the other side of the room. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Best show ever. Thank, Best show ever. Thank That's you. Awesome. Uh, what, what is your name, sir? My name is Ron. Ron, what is your roommate's name? Um, my roommates are Willie Thornbrew and Dad Marnie. <laughs> and uh, are we? Uh, is it a little bit of a party over there today? Uh, we always have a party around here. Are we drinking or smoking? Uh, both, actually. What are, we, what are we drinking today? Well, we are drinking vodka right now. All right, and when did that start? I talked to Rick uh, about this on Friday. He said, uh, my other roommate says that uh, he talked to Rick about this stuff on Friday. He talked to Rick to about Rick. that? Yep. Okay. Uh, and uh, so when did we when did we start drinking today? Oh, I don't think I've stopped yet. When did we start? <laughs> started drink- last night. Yeah. About 11 o'clock, and we're still going. Actually, good for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, so now you are in a wheelchair. Now you got a. Now are you in a wheelchair all the time, or is this a yes, temporary thing? All the time. All the time, and you got a DUI where in Portland? 
Uh, I in Vegas actually. I used to live in Vegas. Excellent. Now is this a motorized wheelchair or yes, a, it is. the manual kind? Okay. Uh, so what? And how did you get a DI? Where were you out on the street? I was on the sidewalk actually. Uh huh. I had just left work. I used to work at the casino. Uh huh. Which casino? Uh, the Horseshoe. Excellent. Yep. And uh, I got challenged because the guy knew I liked to drink. The bartender. And he says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $50 right now if you down six shots of Cuervo. And I was like, hey, set them up. Paying you to drink. Yeah, I need yeah. a drink. Set them up. All right. So I downed all six of them. And, and how, long did it fun. how long did it take you to down six shots of Cuervo? Oh, maybe a minute and a half. That's impressive. I, I'm I'm a drinker, man. Yeah, no, I, I can tell. You probably get a gold medal in that. Oh, Yeah. If yeah. they could give out a platinum, I'd get that, too. All right. <laughs> so he says, Jesus, that was really fast. I'll give you 50 bucks more to do six more. And I thought, well, that's a little much, but what the hell? Why not? It is America. Yeah, it's America, exactly. Land of the free, home of the flowing alcohol. Exactly. So I took six more. Yes. And said, because I only lived a mile away. Sure. So I said, all right, I'm going home. Uh-huh. And I started heading home on the sidewalk. And I heard this voice, hey, pull over. And I thought the cop was talking to a car. So I turned around and I'm like, yeah, pull over. <laughs> and he's like, hey, stop. I'm like, yeah, you, stop. I didn't think he was talking to me. The whole time you think that the cop is talking to somebody else, so you're trying to help the cop with his job. Exactly. Yeah. Finally, he says, you in a chair, stop. <laughs> well, I put my hands up. Fine, I'll stop. And uh, he says, have you been drinking tonight? I'm like, I'll drink a couple of shots. And, you know, I only a couple of shots. Yeah. And so he says, well, I've never done this before, but I'm going to give you a sobriety test. Mind you, I'm on the sidewalk. Yeah, how, do the they, how, how do they test you for sobriety if you're in a chair? Well, this that's it's coming. So he says, yeah. wait. I want you to drive the sidewalk straight. <laughs> well, I can do that, right? Well, the longer he's talking to me, the more intoxicated I'm getting. Of course. So I started driving straight, and I drove straight off the sidewalk. <laughs> now, is this the wheelchair where you got, like, the joystick? Yeah. Okay. And now, now that's a pretty sensitive uh, it's control. It's very sensitive. So if you're even a little wobbly or unsteady or whatever, you're, yeah, you're going to go hard left or something. Yep. So you went it's, off the sidewalk into the street. I went straight off of it and fell out of my chair and laughed profusely. <laughs> Did he also laugh? Uh, he was trying not to, but he kind of did. Yeah. And then he says, well, let me help you back up. Well, I am I was a really big guy back then. Yes. So he tries to lift me up, and he says, Jesus, you're heavy. And I turn around, I'm like, thank you very much. I appreciate the fact that you think I'm a fat ass. Okay. Yes. So he calls for backup, of all things, because he can't pick me up. Uh-huh. So his partner shows up. They put me in my chair. And they said, well, where are you going? And I point north. I'm going up there towards my house. Yes, just but you sort of just waved in that general yep, direction. Exactly. Yeah. Because I couldn't remember where it was no, by this point. Not. So they put me in the cop car, leaving my chair on the sidewalk. Now, they can't do that. How they get, how they expect you to get around when you get home? Well, they went back and got my chair. Oh, me. I see. So it was a separate trip for the chair. Yes. All right. My dad's sitting on the porch smoking a cigarette and drinking. And the cop says, well, we found your son drinking again. And my dad's like, well, what else to do? <laughs> because, well, you're in, when in Rome, right? That's right. Absolutely. So he gave me 
a citation for driving under the influence. How much was the uh, How much was the ticket, sir? Uh, I believe at that time it was like four hundred and twenty dollars. Four hundred and twenty. That's a lot. But I had to go to court. Yeah. And take a day off work to go there. That's no fun. Uh, and I got in there, and the judge is like, "Well, we don't have a vehicle record of impound." I'm like, "Well, I'm sitting in the vehicle, sir." <laughs> he says, "Well, that's a wheelchair." That's correct. And he's like, well, where's the officer? That, well, the officer stands up and says, I'm right here. And the judge is like, you really gave him a citation for driving that thing? How fast is that thing going? I'm like, uh, six. <laughs> and he says, he crumples it up and says, you get out of here. Officer in my chambers. As soon as he said, you get out of here, I took off and went to the bar. <laughs> Of course you did. Because I had the day off. A celebratory drink. Well, of course. You have to go to work. Why not have a celebratory drink? Of course. So yes. I came up with this song because of this story. So you have a song now to sing. Now, is the song uh, a retelling of the story, but in verse form? It, it, well, you know the song, Wanted for de uh, Dead or Alive. Yes. I just totally changed the words. All right. And this not is, all of them, but... And this is clean for the air. It is clean. All right, okay. You, I'll it, just do the chorus. All right, now is this now is your your uh, your friend there in the background? He can help out. Uh, sure, Sam. We can get a helper, right? Oh yeah. All right. All right. He can just stay there and just help you from where he is. We'll do the chorus. Okay. Cause I'm a crippled boy on a wheelchair, I ride, and I want it for DUI. Well done, sir. Congratulations. That was fantastic, my friend. All right, excellent. He's uh, an inspiration, inspiration for the youth listening. Really, that's true, sir. You are a role model for us all. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, I like to roll, so. Excellent. Uh, all right, my friend. Hey, in fact, uh, Richie, do we have a, a DVD or something hanging around? We can. Uh, we can, This is a great call we, that we can give her on here. Do we have uh, either that Steve Carell movie or Into the Wild? Which Which DVD uh, is it, Richie? Do we know, do we know which? Uh, which movie uh, this might be? All right, it's Into the Wild. All right, sir, uh, we're going to give you a copy of Into the Wild, written by and directed by Sean Penn cool. uh, on uh, DVD and HD DVD and Blu-ray right now. So, uh, great call, my friend. Thank you. Well, thank you. All right, thank you, friends, to your roommates. What were their names? Uh, name was Willie and Dad Marnie. All right, uh, congrats. Well, congratulations to those guys for being part of such a great call. We're going to put you on hold. Richie will get your information. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, Richie, you want to talk to Ron online, too? <laughs> wow, how great was that? Aaron sent me the best email. He's like, you should get him and the cookie lady together and have oh, a weekend show. That was just, that was gold. That was. Those are the moments you live for, really. I mean, you, you kind of were uh, yeah, unsure about where it was going, but then as soon as you hear the off-mic guy in the background, went, yeah, yeah. That was, that's, that's what pushed it over the top. And then he ended with a song. That was so great. It was. Oh, I love radio. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, anybody can have a stroke, <laughs> and it's important to know the warning signs if you do. A stroke happens one of two ways. Either there is decreased or no blood flow to the brain, or you have some type of a blood clot or the blood vessel itself bursts. That sounds like clots of trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time to do a little spring cleaning now that it's spring. Time to get started. You want to think about bringing flowers or plants that bloom Bring that inside so you're actually bringing real life and greenery into your home.
A Hawaiian hospital is reviewing its rules on pets after a man took a horse up an elevator to cheer up a sick relative. <laughs> Why the long face? Man and beast was stopped by security guards only after reaching the third floor, after apparently passing through the lobby and challenge. <laughs> the patient was allowed to see them. <laughs> but the, the worst thing is it turned out to be the wrong horse. The hospital spokesman said there is a visitation policy for dogs and cats, but Still not yet for a horse. That's so great. We hope people understand this is not the place for a horse. Spokesman. <laughs> of course. Oh. Uh, security manager removed the visitor and the horse with just a few scuff marks. So wait, was he taking him in the elevator or up the stairs? Up the elevator. Well, the stairs would kill him, I guess. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love, is, I love today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> By the way, this guy said, this call should end with, and then we buried him on a hill in Malala. Um, boy, I forgot all about that call. I just got an email from someone says, drunk wheelchair guy. Sarah, I happen to know this guy in the wheelchair that's on the phone. Him and his buddy, who's also in a chair, are always at a bar I frequent. They're the most popular people there and are actually really hilarious and always blind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I can I can see that. I want to bump into them at a bar. Buy them a drink. All right. Uh, they come to listener. By the way, Rick Emerson, listener party 11, happening uh, Thursday, May 15th. 8 p.m. More details to come, but uh, that is all you know and all you need to know at this moment. Uh, Thursday, April 15th, 8 p.m. Make a note of it. Write it down. Rick Emerson, listener party 11. I'm going to buy that guy a drink if he's there. Him and all his friends. Okay, and no more saying anything bad about the Greek Cuisina because Aaron Geek in the City was just walking by there and he heard the deli blasting our show. Really? At the Greek Cuisina. Hail to you, Greek Cuisina. Oh, the food was really good. Uh, I just don't know that I can like on Friday. It's just not. It's not. Well, they do that. Team. They do the dance club thing on the weekends, and I can't yeah. be part of that anywhere. Uh, great food, though. I will say that. Great baklava. Uh, all right. Um, anywho, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres has topped Oprah in the popularity poll of television hosts. Veteran Larry King is labeled the least sexy. Uh, apparently, let's see. So she's number one, and who else is up there? So Larry King is the least sexy. What uh, talk show host? Well, yeah, TV, I can see TV that. Talk show host. No? Yeah, well, I can. Well, who would be under that, really? Uh, let's I am a sex machine. Who would be mm. under that? Was that a play on words? I guess so. Okay. Uh, what else do we have here? Take off your pants. No. <laughs> we, we should do the top five worst, worst things to, for Larry King to say. Top five things you never want to hear Larry King say. Uh, <laughs> no, he has, I like it when it jiggles. He has young kids. <laughs> I'm feeling especially potent today. No one else. No one else finds this funny. No. I find, everybody wants it to end. I find it hilarious. <laughs> uh, get my salve. 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 <laughs> That's a funny What's word. Salve? salve is like an ointment. Oh, salve. Salve. Is that how you pronounce it? I believe so. Uh, maybe maybe Larry King says salve. Get my ointment. That, that doesn't you, out of your lips. It's soften. <laughs> I was just thinking of soften. Zing. Oh, man. That is my favorite word of the year so far. I think salve is a word that I've never said out loud. I think I've only seen it written down. It's one of those words, it's like lingua... I thought it was salve. See, that's what I thought, salve. too. I think it's like lingua fraca or whatever that is. Oh, maybe it's a regional thing. Maybe. Salve. It's, uh, it's, uh, I don't... You say salve? I say salve. Now I, I don't even... Salve. Now, yeah, but you say misdemeanor uh, as well. So I don't even know. I think it might be a regional thing. Salve. 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 See, but you have to... <laughs> Hansel. Uh, but you have to... Uh, I think you have to... Because I don't think any other words are as funny in that statement. I don't think ointments is funny. Get my ointment. I don't think that's as funny. Well, we'll have to retire this joke until I can figure out how the word is pronounced. 
Okay, here's Tim Riley. Time for Britney Watch. Here's your Britney Watch. Wednesday. Misdemeanor takes too long to say. Yeah, that's fair. No, I can see that. And you know what? And misdemeanor flows better. Misdemeanor. You're not allowed to say misdemeanor. I'm saying when he does it, it flows better. You know what I mean? I can I see get why it over you do it quickly. Yeah, I'm, more to read. It's, it's linguistically efficient. All right. Well, uh, baby-faced baby doll. Th- these are not my words. Let me try this. <laughs> uh, Casey Aldridge wants to make an honest woman out of Britney Spears' pregnant sister, Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn, who's 16 has been flashing a rock to friends. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I suppose so in the south. She's been flashing a rock to friends and family back home in Louisiana. Oh, saying it's an engagement ring from her 18-year-old fiancé. She's been showing it off, talking about it. Asked if uh, he'd like to see teens tie the knot. Aldrich's grandfather, James Aldrich, tells the Daily News of whatever state this is in. <laughs> uh, well, yes, but whatever happens, happens. The 70-year-old said the engagement was news to him insisting. I don't know a thing about it. Well, now, what is... I've asked this before. What is Casey Aldrich... What is his job? What does he do? I thought he was just some random dude. How does some he afford an dude. engagement ring big enough to give to a Spears sister? Because, you know, you know they won't accept a diamond crumb. Mm-hmm. You know he got You know those girls need a big-ass ring. Uh, so, well, all right. It's a bit late to make an honest woman of her, by the way. I think, that's a, I think that horse has left the barn. Yes. All right. Uh, then, uh... Oh no, she's it's just gross to see her all pregnant. Like she looks just it just looks so wrong. Yeah, no. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to I don't like she's whatever country. pregnancy's pretty, but it no, she looks like a little child and like her stomach's growing, it's just disgusting. And I kinda of found her weird looking to begin with. She is, and like to think that that little person is making another little person just yeah. makes me want to throw up. That's yeah, a whole new generation of fun for us. Ugh. Yep. It's the Disney World of the future. It really is. Uh Brittany may get another chance in the sitcom role, fresh out of CBS's How I Met Your Mother. 30 Rock creator and star Tina Fey tells us weekly that she would, quote, love to work with Britney, unquote, on the NBC series. Fey adds that she worked with Spears twice during her SNL days, and she is, quote, very professional and nice, unquote. A Spears' turn on How I Met Your Mother, which aired Monday, brought the series its highest ever rating. And that all-important 18 to 49 demo, Fey also said she would like to have a talk show or be on the talk show with Oprah. And uh, she'd like Oprah to play her best friend on 30 Rock. 30 Rock's first new post-Hollywood writer's strike episode airs April 10th. So here's my thing. I'm catching up on Friday Night Lights right now. God, what a great show that is. So I'm catching up on Friday Night Lights. Uh, Laura and I are trying to get, like, a couple times a week we watch two episodes. So we're trying to catch up on all of Friday Night Lights, which is great, but it's just really depressing. Uh, as soon as we are caught up on Friday Night Lights, the next show that we're going to watch, 30 Rock. Awesome. So 30 Rock is next on the list. So Friday Night Lights, then uh, 30 Rock. Is that the end of the Britney watch? It is, yeah. By the way, did anybody see? Did, has anybody yet seen the, the Britney South Park? No. no. So disturbing. So disturbing. Just when you think that show can't shock you. I mean, really. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's the best episode ever. It's good. But just when you think South Park, like, well, they've, they've gone as far as they can. They can't do anything to shock me. Wow. It, that's all you I'm going to say. You found the source of her crazy? Uh, it, it, yeah, but that's not the shocking thing that happens. You, it's pretty astounding. Please, no one send spoilers. Oh, no, I want to know. 
Uh, I can't, but I can't do it can't justice. Fit. Okay. Well, okay. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. It'll still be funny. Okay. If you don't, if you didn't see last week's South Park, and you don't want to know, you know, like if you don't want to be spoiled for last week's South Park, turn down the radio for like sixty seconds. So. Britney Spears is being hounded by the paparazzi as the episode opens, and they're like, you know, outside of her hotel room, Britney, 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 and there's a million flash bulbs everywhere. And I think Cartman has the idea of getting money. They somehow want to get money to buy a video game, and I think the deal is they want to. So they decide to sneak in and snap photos of Britney and sell them. I think that's that's how it begins. Is Cartman uh-huh. has the, guys will be paparazzi, you know? So Cartman has this idea. They're going to sneak into her room and get photos of her and sell them to buy a video game. <clears throat> so that's the setup. They somehow, they, like they hide on a room service tray or something, and the kids somehow get into Britney's hotel room. Britney's in there on the phone, like, you know, my babies, whatever, being trashy. And they take out her camera, they take out the cameras, and I think they just start snapping photos of her. And she immediately snaps, and she takes out a shotgun and shoots herself in the face. <gasps> she, she shoots herself in the face, immediately blood. <clears throat> like, whole room covered in Britney blood. And I'm sitting there watching it going... Wow. Did that just happen? And I think on the screen there's like 15 seconds of silence as the kids just stare and nothing happens. And this is really, though, where they become, this is really where Trey and Matt earn their money. So the, you know, the, then they cut to the hospital where the doctor comes down and he's like, she's going to make it. You know, Brittany's going to make it. And they go into the, they go into the room and Brittany's still alive, but it's just part of her lower jaw and her tongue. <laughs> Oh my so god! So it's like her body, and they're like, and and the doctors, you know, the kids go into the room because I think the doctor somehow thinks they're family. I think they say like, "We're Britney's kids," uh, and so the kids go into the room, and there's Britney Spears in the bed, just a lower jaw and a tongue, and the doctor's like, "Britney, your children are here to see you," and Cartman's like, you know, "Hi, Britney," and the person's like, <laughs> and that's it. And for the rest of the episode, Britney accompanies them on all their adventures. But every time she speaks, it's just, ah. and at one point, they actually have her, like, in the recording studio, recording her new single and then performing it on MTV. And so there's all, like, like this lushly produced, like, music in the background and the backup singers and, you know, and the, uh, you know, she's on stage performing her new single. And then when it comes time for her vocal track, you know, there's all the, like, the dance music going. And then it's just a lot of, and it's just like oh, as God. her like, severed head is singing. It's, you're watching it just going, Jesus, God <laughs> Almighty, like, what country is this and why do I live here? And then you realize this country rules. So it's disturbing. It's a really disturbing episode. Um, by the way, tonight, uh, apparently, I don't know if it's Butters, uh, one of the episodes tonight, apparently a kid gets hooked on Jenkum. We called that, by the way, before the awesome. writer's strike. I called that they would do that before the writer's strike even happened. Uh, here's Tim Riley. X-Men star Hugh Jackman is partnering on a new comic book series based on his cap character in the films. Uh, apparently, uh, the actor and Mark Guggenheim, who wrote Amazing Spider-Man, will team up on the comics about Wolverine. Jackman said he hopes that the comic books will become popular enough to be turned into a film and thinks they could also translate it into a video game. Because that's what we need more of, is more superhero movies and video games. There just aren't enough of them. In case you missed it earlier, Marsha Williams has flown the birdcage. She's filed for divorce against hubby Robin Williams. Hmm. The papers filed in San Francisco yesterday cite all these differences as the reason for the split. The couple were married back in 1989. They got together after Marsha worked as a nanny for the actor and fooled around behind the back of his then-wife, Valerie. Nanny! Um, the couple awful were, uh Oh, they founded Blue Wolf Productions. Imagine that. You start off as a nanny, and then 
You own half of a production company. And now half of everything else. Wow. Uh, by the way, I guess Robin Williams was on Dennis Miller today. And apparently Dennis, I don't know if this was just accidental awkwardness or whatever, but apparently Dennis Miller repeatedly said, say hi to your wife for me. So oh. <laughs> somebody just sent me that. Oh, excellent. I like it when bad things happen to Robin Williams. All right, wonderful. It's true. Uh, the Illinois Supreme Court rejected an appeal from a man sentenced to 20 years in prison after he was caught without pants in a strange home. William Hudson, an Arizona truck driver, was convicted of home invasion in 2005. Hudson said he had met a woman while passing through Illinois, and they decided to have sex, but everything went wrong. <laughs> the woman helped him get his pants and boots off, and then she stole his money and ran. He said he gave Chase pantless into a nearby house where he came upon a 16-year-old girl who screamed. He never did get that money back. Uh, suburban New York police say a drunk driver had a suspended license and marijuana in his car. And this woman who was driving the car didn't have her pants on. Yonkers police say the 22-year-old Long Island resident Angelica Buchanan was found standing bottomless in the street near her car. She was too drunk and she had to be hospitalized. Uh, police claim she wasn't wearing pants because she needed to use the bathroom. They charge her with driving <laughs> while intoxicated, unlicensed operation of a vehicle of marijuana possession. Uh, earlier this month, a Westchester County man was accused of using a donut shop a drive through while not wearing pants. He's also charged <laughs> with public lewdness. He's certainly got a theme. He's found an area of expertise. Oh, by the way, according to the dictionary, it is pronounced sav. Tim, you are correct. Um, this caller... Sav or sav? It's S-A-V. I guess it could be either. Oh, Jesus. Okay, now hold on. Let me go to the link. Uh, let me see if I can go to... Uh, I think it's Merriam-Webster uh, that has the... Um, like where they'll actually pronounce it for you. Now I have to know before I can read this Larry King joke. Hold on a second. Oh, now I can't go to... Oh, well, I mistyped it. It's funny. I only The web address is mw.com, and I misspelled it. <clears throat> I'm brilliant. All right, let's see here. Sav. Salve. All right. Silent letters piss me off. All right, uh, let's see. Will this? Uh, let me get. Let's see if I can get a pronunciator up here. Pronunciator. Come on. Well, it claims to be playing. All right, let me try it again. It's lying. Hear it again. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, it won't. It won't play for some reason. It's demanding that I. Let me try it one more time. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, let's Time to give up. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, he did send us, by the way, uh, the top five uh, sexy things I never need to hear Larry King say. Who wants to hear them? I do. Oh, I do. Number five. Fire up the back massager and put on some Mel Torme. Uh, Number four. I want you to call me King Kong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Number three. Miss Spears, why don't you give Miss Winehouse an erotic massage while I take off and fold my slacks? <laughs> Number two, I want you to sing the lyrics to Let's Get It On while we do this. Uh, and the uh, first thing you never want to hear Larry King say, get the special salve. I'm going all spongy. <laughs> all right, there you go. I like to call me King Kong. Yeah, <laughs> that's disturbing. Mm -hmm. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? That's you. Yep. One big fiesta for illegal aliens. Oh, sorry, the wrong button. I'm, I'm tired of that. Hello? Hello, it's Jim. 
Jim? Come on, Jim. Jim. Come on, Jim. Hey, this is my third call back to get you. Finally, Jim. Yeah, finally. I'm glad to be here. What do you mean it's your third call back? Oh, have oh. you tried to get on earlier today and it didn't happen? Yeah. <clears throat> well, how can, to go. well, make the most of it, sir. Okay, here I am. Um, I'm an amateur scientist. I do a little technical writing, and I've uh, compiled some uh, scientific documents uh, together to quantitatively state the uh, things that are found on handrails in I'll give you the uh, the seven most common items. Uh, Wait, and... let's back up for a second. Hmm? Is this because uh, in our trip to Vegas this last weekend, we paid Aaron Duran $20 to lick a handrail at Caesar's Palace? Exactly. And also, um, are you drinking with the wheelchair guy today by chance? <laughs> no, I'm not. All right, just checking. I'm uh, taking a little nap, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, he uh, was paid $5 to lick a metal handrail outside of the Venetian, I think. Uh, so, uh, all right, so you have compiled a list of the things most likely to be found on handrails? Right, and this actually... Now, is this a goof, or did you actually put, like, research into this? Uh, research. Okay. Uh, and th this comprises uh, handrails found uh, in various different places, and it's, it's just uh, kind of a mixture of things. But, um, but the uh, most common thing that's found on the handrail uh, is food residue. The second most common thing is cosmetics. Okay. Third, sweat. Sweat. That would explain why he said the real quote tasted really salty. Right. Yeah. The four, fourth item is urine. You're in trouble now. I'm sorry. Uh, fifth, semen. Okay. Uh, and then there's actually other things in between that. Other. But um, the actual, actually bacteria comes in. Probably the next thing. Is bacteria, and that's like a catch-all bacteria? Right. Yeah, right. okay. That's like about yeah. uh, 2,344 different categories All right. of bacteria. And the final thing found on a handrail that Aaron might have licked? Viruses. All right. Well done. Thank you, sir. All right. Glad you got on today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Are we ever going to talk about I can't stop looking at the greeting card thing. So, well, why don't I we, cannot stop laughing. Why don't we take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the best story of the month with Sarah and Tim we're talking about before the show today. It's a lot to laugh. Especially, we should talk about it when we get back, especially because Roop is going to be talking about it at 2.10. It's true. Still to come, top five, Mr. Skin, and we'll talk about the Barack Obama song. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. the Rick Emerson radio program. 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. Now, here's a question. What does the scroll lock on your keyboard even do? Anyone? I don't I, know. I've never used it. I've never used it either, but it's there. Maybe you should push it and see what happens. Mm, all right. Wait, hold on. There we go. Well, it doesn't You're just lock. Crazy, the... Rick Emerson. I'm out of control. Well, it doesn't lock the scrolling. Uh, it doesn't lock the scrolling feature. Well, hold You're on. You're probably the first person to complain about that. I'm just saying, 
Uh, I'm just saying I, I don't believe it does anything. And it's one of those things that may have done something at some point, uh, but now I have no idea. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, in just a, uh, a, a few here, we will talk about a great story, maybe the story of the month. Uh, and Jim Roop is going to speak on it later, but Tim and Sarah will talk on it first, as they say. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello there, and how are you today? Hey, Rick. How's it going? Going uh, fantastically. Um, I have a question to ask you, and it, it is, I don't mean to blindside you with this, but I was, we were just talking about um, the TV show uh, Friday Night Lights, based on the movie the same mm-hmm. name. And there is, I guess, if this is one of those things, though, if I had time, I guess I would Google it myself, but maybe easier to ask you. Uh, there's a woman named Tammy Taylor, and she plays the wife-slash-mom on Friday Night Lights, and it's Tammy, T-A-M-I. Does that ring any bells for you? Has she been in, in anything, to your knowledge? Not in the nudity sense, unfortunately. She's more of a TV babe, believe it or not. Uh, she has been in... flat-out hot. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she's... um. Uh, now, how old would you say she is? I don't know. She because she she plays the uh, the mom uh, and 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 wife on that show. And I know I think she was also uh, I think she played the same role in the movie. And I would guess, oh God, I don't know, maybe maybe thirty nine, forty. Yeah, she's um yeah exactly. She's uh um I, I'm guessing probably I would guess probably in her early forties. Now she did do a movie. In about 1979, that is very difficult to find, called Malibu High, where there is brief nudity from her, but it's very, very difficult to find. Uh, we don't even, I believe, have tracked that down yet. It's one of those that has never been released on DVD. But she did that when she was probably like 18 or 19 years old. So it's not something you're going to be able to walk into the video store and find. But um, I'm guessing if she was doing something back then, that she's probably maybe in her later later 40s, you know, okay. maybe like between 45 and 50. Yeah, she is really, and you know, you don't. It's, it's great. You don't really see uh, a lot of older women on TV who are still portrayed as you know, sort of being hot and sexy. Sometimes it's like as soon as they become a mom, they're kind of shunted off in the mom category. Right, but I'll have to track down for you um, this Malibu High. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, a tough one to find, yeah. but uh, it, it won't look like her because it'll be like when she was 18 or 19. Right. But it'll be cool for you to see. So. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, what else is up in the world of Mr. Skin? Well, I just want to mention a couple things. We have our eyes on uh, my Skin Scouts uh, upcoming nudity, <clears throat> Jessica Beale, who everyone uh, loves. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. She won my best underwear scene. She has a movie called Powder Blue, which we've been talking to the uh, producers of the movie about where she's allegedly nude. That's the word. And uh, I should have news very soon as to when this is going to be out. Uh, it'll be sometime in April or May, it's looking like, when Powder Blue is released and Jessica Beale will make her nude debut. That's very exciting. Um, also, did you hear, uh, have you had a chance to talk a little about the Kristen Davis sex tape? Uh, well, we talked about it briefly because uh, my producer, Sarah, is a big Sex in the City fan. Mm-hmm. So there was some discussion about whether it was her and if it was if it was her, was it publicity for the upcoming Sex in the City film? And there was a little bit of discussion about That's it. That's weird yeah. publicity, I'll tell you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, the you know, TMZ this week came out and said, uh, or late last week or early this week came out and said that they had confirmation that uh, some of those pics were her. So, you know, I've been asked about it on a few things, and, I mean, yeah, some of them look like her, some doesn't. Other than what TMZ is reporting, I don't have any official answer to that. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out just like everyone else. But if it is her, that's pretty huge news. You rarely get a, a celebrity that uh, a tape like that comes out that they didn't 
put out themselves. Well, you know there's, and there's the Lindsay Lohan thing, too, which is sort of yeah. no one has really come out and said whether it's her or whether it's Well, not. that's so grainy it's hard to see anyway, but this is pretty clear picks, and yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So I, I will keep you posted on that. And, and one last thing I'll be talking to you about uh, very soon is um, Winona Ryder, who has been very skingy in her career, is a movie called Sex and Death coming out, uh, which we'll be talking about soon, where she makes her topless debut. So lots of things in the burner. Uh, and, and some good nudity report on in the coming week. Excellent, my friend. As always, a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Rick, and I'll try to check down, track that movie down for you. So you Please do. Doing the, Lord's, doing the Lord's work as always. <laughs> okay. Thank you. There you go. Mr. Skin. Skingy. You know, just when you think that guy's exhausted the puns every week. I like when he says it's her topless debut. Yeah. Skinter, <laughs> Only he could say that. Skinternational. Winona Ryder hasn't been top. I guess he would know. It seems like... She seems like the sort of person who almost would have to have at this point, but I, I guess not. So, all right. Uh, we've got more things Larry King should never say, uh, such as, um, I'm not even going to read the one about crotchless underwear. Um, Larry King should, here's, we've got the, uh, I'm a little incontinent tonight, so you'll have to forgive me. And here's the best is, uh, I'd like to watch you sleep. <laughs> as he sort of snaps his suspenders. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. What? Should we do this fascinating story that we've been teasing? Yes, and then Rupe will give his take on it later. It's the funniest story of the day. It is greeting cards for people behind bars. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to follow along, there's a link to it on my uh, webpage today. So, Sarah, <laughs> Dylan and I are looking at some of the various <laughs> cards, including... So what is the web... Now, this is at RileyLive.com. They can see this? Yeah, there's a link to it there. It's 3squaresgreetings.com. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And these are greeting cards for the incarcerated. Yes. There's okay. a Christmas card here that says, Merry Christmas. You had the choice to be naughty or nice, and you chose... Oh, well... <laughs> 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 How sad for the person that has to buy these too. Really, that you've chosen. You can buy them in bulk too for all different holidays. <laughs> really, they're only three ninety nine each. Oh, that's wonderful. This <laughs> is this is one of those companies where you want to interview the person uh, who I've got to. I've got I mean, the to, website is so serious. They're so serious about this. I have got to learn to go to your website before I start saying it to him because then it just becomes really slow. Um, my favorite is. Oh. Do you? <laughs> I, I, no, you, yo, you go to that one. Do you? This is do you a, have any idea how many people care about you? A few of us signed this card. <laughs> and that's it. This is a thing just where. You you want to interview the person who started the company, though, because you want to know if this is one of those companies that was started when they themselves needed the service and realized that no one made it. I'm looking at the top here, and so at the top at the top of this webpage, uh, which is, um, you can see it at RileyLive.com, it's just a big picture of a barbed wire fence yeah. and, a and, a guy guy with a, a and a guy with a gun in a guard tower. <laughs> Can I Happy holidays. We're going to miss having you here during the holidays this year. <laughs> no more promises. I apologize. When you called recently, I wasn't very sympathetic. I guess I've heard your promises to change too many times. <laughs> Please stop promising to change and just do it. That is so sad. Happy Valentine's Day. If it weren't, if it weren't for these walls, we'd give you lots of hugs and kisses. <laughs> I'm sending my love in a cake. Happy birthday. It's your birthday, and I know that you'd rather be almost anywhere else right now. Hopefully one year older will really mean you're one year wiser. Take care. Now, New, New Year's resolution. It's that time of year again. Now, 
While doing time was also make better choices. Now, how are you seeing the inside of these cards? Oh, you just click on them. Uh, when you, you go to greeting cards and then... Because um, I'm only seeing the front here. Let's just click on one. Like, click on do you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So you click on that. Hold on a second. Click the card. <laughs> okay, so I'm... Now, when I'm clicking on it, it's just taking me to... um. To a whole bunch of other cards? To a whole bunch of other and cards. And then you click on one of those cards. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, it's that easy. Okay, so no... Do you see the sad, longing, like, middle-aged woman looking up behind the glass? Mm-hmm. When you called recently, I wasn't very sympathetic. I guess I've heard your promises <laughs> to change too many times. Please stop promising to change and just do it. Who wants to receive this card? <laughs> this one, this card says, money on your books. Inside message, I just want to tell you that I put some money on your books. Take care. Now, keep in mind, the list price is four twenty-five. <laughs> They're on sale for three ninety-nine. <laughs> This is so sad. Did you see the bulk package on this? No, package? no. Oh, man. You can send them to a whole soul block. Hold on. Let's see here. Um, special occasion. We're family. That's the one I'm clicking okay, on Okay, let right me look now. on the we're family. We're family. You may be behind walls, but we're still family. That will never change. I think the notion that you have to send this card indicates that it has changed. What is money on your... I mean, I'm, obviously money on your books means money in your account. But I've never heard that phrase, money on your books. Maybe it's a street term, Sarah. Oh. I think that's if they put money in your account so you can buy things at the canteen. Jesus. Um, how about this? We're all praying for you while you do your time. Don't forget to pray for yourself. God will hear you. <laughs> that's not true. Outside holiday cheer. Inside. Because Santa can't deliver behind for bars. For those who can't come home. <laughs> and at the top, it's a woman who is at, like, the visiting room glass with her like, hand sadly yeah. up against the window. <laughs> how about this one? Um, thinking about you. I wish things had turned out different for you. I, I just wanted you to know that I think about you often. You may be behind the walls, but you will never be forgotten. Remember that. Take, take care of yourself and let me know how you're getting along. I'm getting along. I'm in prison. I'm incarcerated, Lloyd. Jesus. How am I getting along? I'm in goddamn jail. Boy, this is great. Um... Our our vision at Three Squares Greetings is to make it easier for you to communicate with those loved ones. Jesus, God. This is fantastic. It does not ignore the reality of those facing the criminal justice system. (laughs) Okay, i got to look at the special occasion cards. Wow. Uh, Let's see here. Page two. And now page two. And now. um, It's just the gift that keeps on giving. I don't want to read all of them at the same time. God damn. I, I do love this one, though, the um, Happy Valentine's Day. If it weren't for those walls, I'd give you lots of hugs and kisses. My favorite is, like, the improperly punctuated, like, do you know how many people care about you? <laughs> a few weeks A few of us. <laughs> I managed to find two staffs like, like, at here, work. Here's proof. <laughs> here's tangible proof that at least someone likes you. <laughs> a few of us signed this card. <laughs> Of the 300 million people in America, I found four people who would sign a card to you. Random strangers. It's like yelling, too, because it's not even a question mark. It's like, do you know how many people care about you, period? Here are some signatures I forged so you would feel less alone. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. Is there a fact? Oh, wait, are there testimonials? There are testimonials. There are testimonials. Hold on. Let's see here. Um, Testimonials. Here we go. Um, Okay, these are testimonials. Uh, Some of our best advertising comes from customers. In fact, every day we receive many comments from customers telling us how happy they were. 
Um, I was really impressed by the cards. I wish they were run 10 to 15 years ago. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Even now, they're still valuable, especially for those who unexpectedly become involved in the criminal justice system. Is that how we're phrasing it now? Mm-hmm. Who become involved in the criminal justice system. It's a great way to break the ice, to let someone know you're thinking about them, even though they're going through a difficult time. This is such delusion. Um, how about this? Finally, a card I can use for my correspondent. <laughs> that normal paper just wasn't working. It's a, a fine, finally, a card. Finally, for, a, long last. a card for my needs. <laughs> a card for the rest of us. I was reviewing this card line and was simply amazed at the uniqueness of the design and writings. It's specifically for those behind bars. Oh, there are other categories. Thanks for coming to court. <laughs> Wait, let, me, let me finish this letter before I lose composure. <laughs> These cards cover just what I need for writing someone in my family. This was creative. I'm going to tell all my friends. I'm going to tell all my friends about these cards. I'm so sorry for you, Kay Richardson of Los Angeles, California. I'm going to tell all my friends. I'm tell all my friends. Oh, <laughs> yes, do that. Oh. Well, they do sell these in sets. They have uh, wow. six general occasion cards with twenty two ninety nine. Jesus. However, the we're family is not a. Oh, oh, here it is. We're family. Where's the thanks for coming to? Court? I don't even see the thanks for coming to court. I know it's hard to find. You may be behind walls, but we're still family. That will never change. Oh my God. That was on sale. That is fantastic. Oh, thinking of you? Do you? For <laughs> you? <laughs> thinking of you, I wish things had turned out different for you. I, oh. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that I think about you often. You may be behind walls, but you'll never be forgotten. Uh-huh. Remember that. Take care of yourself. Sure. Know how you're getting along. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how things are working out. Let me know what I can do for you. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, um, Jim Rube will be <laughs> talking more about this. If you want to see these cards, by the way, uh, you can go to RileyLive.com. The link is under the um, is under the photo of the D.B. Cooper uh, thing. So Appropriately far, you can only purchase them at stores in the greater Los Angeles area, but they promise more stores are coming soon. Now, can you buy them online? Yeah, you can. Let's see. They're on sale. Contact us. Find a retailer. Shop online. Right. Oh, my God. Did you guys go to the contact us and see the picture on the side? Hold on. Oh, man. It's like an amnesty that? internet. Okay, the, the picture on the side That's so creepy. is a silhouette of what looks to be Jesus, but handcuffed and <laughs> holding their hands up to the sky like Andy Dufresne, but handcuffed as though they're about to be beaten. Uh, like, why, God, why? By, you hear it? by a Turkish prison guard. Hey, and they're on oh, that picture is so disturbing. They're on Sloston Avenue. That picture is really creepy. I'm going to make that my MySpace photo. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, can be purchased at, yeah, they're all in Los Angeles, too. Oh, that's so great. We should get this person on the air as an interview. Um, all right. Oh, okay. If I missed any, just making sure there isn't a single one that I've overlooked. Uh, <laughs> did you see one about thanks for coming to court? Yeah, where is it's, that? It's in the right-hand column, but it looks like they're sold out because they don't have a link to it. <laughs> it's, it's, they've exhausted their supply. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't wait to tell all my friends. <laughs> oh, here we go. I see it. Where? Well, no, I don't see the car, but there is a... But he's right. It doesn't link. It's just, yeah. thanks for coming to court. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Oh, how about this? These cards are great. My brother loved them. I, I could not have asked for anything more. Oh, God. All right. That's great. Well, it is America. Oh, okay. Let's see if I've missed any uh, I know. I don't, I'm here. even reading the privacy policy because I feel like there might be something in there. I'm sort of looking at everything here. Order uh, cards online. Man. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. No. No, I think we've... Uh, see, and this is frustrating. They're showing links to cards that I can't see, like, not forgotten. And then it's a picture of a kite on the front. Oh, that's gold. I'm going to tell all my friends about your cards. <laughs> <laughs> I see why you guys wanted to talk about this before you Jim came. You, and by the way, Jim and Sarah have been laughing about this for three hours since all the, since 11 a.m. Since we, I think even before that. And we can thank CNN, by the way, because they did say, this is the CNN prep sheet for today. Do you know someone in prison and you just don't know what to say to them? Well, here's a line of greeting cards that can help you. CNN's Jim Roop reports in a company called Three Squares Greetings. I was talking to, the, to Dan from CNN. I'm, I, you can't put any better than this. It is a Jim Roop story. It Who really else would is. talk about that? Only Roop. That is Jim Roop. Oh, my God. That's the kind of story that he lives for. That's what makes Roop's life uh, worthwhile. Wow. Okay. I wonder how this got into the news, because it looks like it's been around for a while. Well, they must have sent out a press release. They, yeah. they must have. I mean, they seem like a... A company that really knows they know their demo. Oh God! All right. This is my favorite. Thinking of you, the guy hanging onto the bars. Oh my God! Oh, that's really creepy. <laughs> oh God! Seriously, these all look like pictures uh, from Midnight Express. <laughs> oh, they're Jesus. all really bad. Do you know right. someone who was in jail or prison? <laughs> Okay, well, I can't segue into the Barack Obama song from this. It's just too much of a mood switch. Baby for sale on Craigslist, we did that. Did I do the thing about the guy who claims he was molested by Bigfoot? No. No. All right, here's what I have. I have police think assault is... I'm going to read one story and then we'll break. Uh, I will let you guys choose. We have um, killer who put body into drum is, quote, still in love. I've got police think assault is linked to underwear fetish or molester claims he was victim of Bigfoot. Oh, that is a hard choice. That is a hard choice. I don't know. Tim? Danny, Sarah? Danny will do. Shall we let yeah. the dice decide? Yes. yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Before to, to choose the story here, uh, we will roll the dice of destiny. Now, there are three stories, so I don't really know how we're going to do this. But um, let's see. It's one to, the dice is one to 20, so we'll say one to six is the first story. Six to 12 is the second story. 12 to, uh, you know, 13 to 18 is the, the third story. We're breaking okay. into... 18, so it is story number three. Oh, which the is Bigfoot molesting? Bigfoot. That is what's been chosen uh, by the dice of destiny. Molester claims molester uh, claims he was victim of Bigfoot. Uh, inexplicably, this is not from Portland. Uh, this is from... Uh, what the hell is it? Where's Fredericksburg? Virginia, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh man. Oh, look at this guy. You don't want to be molested by this guy. I mean, you don't want to be molested by anybody, what presumably. <laughs> <laughs> now this guy, what? this is the one you don't want molested. Anyone but this guy. <laughs> I got uh, you three molesters. I uh, I have uh, mouth. No, I understand choice. a good molesting, <laughs> but I, this guy. I have uh, 
I I have knife wielding clown. Uh, I have a car thief covered in sores, or I have this guy. Okay, look at this guy. Look at this picture. Do you want to be molested by that guy? Oh no, <laughs> Sarah. There have to be options. Mol molested by that guy. Oh, that's bad. He looks Ooh, like, he, he looks, looks molested. He looks like an Asian Joey Ramone. What's wrong? That is so dead on. All right. Um, With a really bad come over. Yes. A man who claims he was molested by Bigfoot was ordered to serve 20 years in prison yesterday for his own molestation-related activities. Gene Morrill of New Ipswich, New Hampshire, had previously pled guilty in Stafford County Court to 20 charges stemming from his efforts to solicit 13-year-old boys over the Internet. I wonder if he specifically sought out 13-year-olds. <laughs> well... It, that's interesting. I wonder if he would, like, if that was where he drew the line. Like, below 13, that's just wrong. 12-year-old, that's for perverts. Um, Morrill told an investigator preparing his priest in his report about being sexually assaulted by Bigfoot, a North American folklore character said to be between 10, uh, said to be 10 feet tall and covered in dark brown hair. Um, the detectives made internet contact with Morrill and others while pretending to be young boys. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a whole bunch of hideous uh, details, blah, blah, blah. Morrill was convicted of five counts of attempting to take indecent liberties with a child, five counts of using electronic equipment to solicit a juvenile, and ten counts of reproducing child pornography. Um, Patton says Morrill really believes, quote, he was molested by Bigfoot. There you go. All right. Ew. Let's hope it was just Big Feet, huh? All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Jim Roop around the corner. Jesus. I gotta steal myself before we talk about this anymore. Coming up later, more from Tim Riley, the top five, and this Barack Obama business. You say it's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, let's see. Coming up tomorrow, Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Coming up next week, bam, next week, you know we're going to be giving away? Wait, I think I can say this. Hold on. Let me make sure. Isn't Susan gone? Um, I think Bridget uh, can, can clarify this for me, though. Hello, world. Hello, Dave Zinn. Sorry about your crushing defeat last night. Oh. Oh, thanks. I almost forgot about it. Yeah. Hi, Dave Zinn. You played a good game. You played hard. E for effort. Thank you. I mean, zero for actually winning, but E for effort. Thank you. Uh, hey, is uh, Bridget around? Um, Hi, Mr. Zinn. Is Bridget home? I haven't seen her around. You want her uh, extension? Could you do that, please? All new Toyota Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, Bridget, by the way, who deserves huge credit, her and Brian Jones for getting the stream running. And Bridget, who's actually been spending a lot of time doing the revamp on the station site, too. So she's she's really helped us out a lot. She did the 970.am uh, revamp. It looks so good. Yeah, I don't think she's there. I think I can say this. Hi, this is Bridget. I'm either on my phone or away so from happy. my desk. She does so sound happy. Not at all like the real Bridget. Um, so I think I can say this. Boy, I say this now really feeling like I'm screwing myself. I think, I think next week, I don't have the paperwork with me. I'm pretty sure that starting next week, I do believe we're going to be giving away. And I can be careful because I'm not sure which trilogy it is. Whether it's the prequel trilogy or whether it's the original trilogy. 
But I do believe we're going to be giving away one of the Star Wars trilogies next week. I think we have many copies of that. Uh, but I'm unclear about whether it's episode... I think it might be episode one, two, and three. Uh, could be four, five, six, but I think it's one, two, and three. Uh, so I think we're going to be giving away uh, gift packs of the Star Wars prequel trilogy next week, starting next Thursday. Well, I cool. think that's the case. It's very cool. So uh, I'll get clarification on that later. Jim Roop joining us here in a few. Um, let, let me... Where should I? Rupe? I don't know. Should I read this email about prison cards, or should we talk about the Obama thing? Well, since Jim's going to be talking about prison, let's just keep that flowing. All right. This says, Rick, if you look at the retailers for these cards, most of them are in bookstores. I know when I'm shopping for books, I like to pick up pre-printed messages to send to my incarcerated loved ones. You know, for those times I want to communicate with convicts but just have nothing original to say. Here are some more thoughts for prison cards. Happy Arbor Day. I planted a tree that will be over 10 feet tall before you get out. Oh, Happy Father's Day. Happy because you are not here to abuse me. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm just picturing like a big smiley face. <laughs> oh, happy, man. Happy Father's Day because you are not here to beat me with a wire brush or molest me. Happy, congratulations on graduating. Your by mail GED won't offset the felony on your record, but you know, it's an accomplishment. And finally, this one's visual, frowny face on the front of the card. Inside card. Sorry you were raped in prison. So there you go. More, more ideas from Chris. I regret picking that choice. <laughs> well, we have uh, your option now. Dealer's choice. We have either um, phone calls, which I have not looked at. I don't know what they are at all. Or we have a discussion of the Obama song. All right. Well, do you think Jim's going to call? I don't know. Maybe we've wrung all the comedy out of this that we can. Here's the thing. Even if Jim is busy or we don't get to him today... Uh, let's, let's do the Obama it'll song. It'll still be funny tomorrow. That's um, true. And he'll the gift be... that keeps on giving. <laughs> so, as you may... This, is, this will make him call, of course. As you may or may not know... Uh, and Richie, by the way, if Rube does call and reveal that there were phone... If he says there were phone problems, the line is clear right now. So he should be able to get through. If there are phone problems on his end, please let me know that because... I want, I'm trying to phone, chase down the gremlins that are sometimes on our phone system here. All right, so we were trying to roll this Obama song. Trying to get the, the deal is we're trying to get an Obama, a pro-Obama song parody written, so that we can then try to pawn it off on some idiot radio stations. And the goal will be to see if we can actually get an idiot DJ to play it. So I've written the lyrics. I tried for an hour and a half last night to sing it, but it's just out of my range, and my singing style is just not right. I just don't sound happy and bright enough for the song. Um, and that guy who called in sounded pretty happy and He bright. sounded good. We have somebody else in the building, though, a co-worker, who claims to be able to sing really well. Would it be Big Jim? Uh, no. But uh, do you want to hear the lyrics, and then we'll talk about that? So here are... Do I have to sing these, or can I read them? You can read them. All right. So this is the... I wrote these last night with help from many of the listeners. <clears throat> so I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. I sound like William Shatner. You do. We were down on our luck. Lifetime politicians only out for a buck. Oh, no. And then at home one evening, reading Craigslist online. And in the personal section, you know this post caught my eye. Oh, don't say it like that. If you like Barack Obama... <laughs> Versus more of the same. I can't really sing it here. If you're not into Clinton. If you're not for McCain. And if you want a new direction. 
and you're tired of the games, vote with me for Obama. Be an agent of change. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I've examined all the options on the political scene. So embarrassing. And the other contenders seem like the same old routine. So I responded to the posting with an ad of my own. And though I'm not much of a writer, I thought it struck the right tone. If you like Barack Obama, versus more of the same, almost done. If you're not into Clinton, uh, if you're not from McCain, and then you change it up like they do in the song. And if you want to make a difference in the 08 campaign, vote with me for Obama. Be an agent of change. There you go. How great and horrible is that? That is perfect. But doesn't it seem like a thing that some really white people would play? Yes. So here's the thing. Especially uh, the agent of change crap. Totally. And be an agent of change. But you see why I can't sing it? I, yes. Because every time I sing it, it comes out like that. And that's Mile. just a, It's not that I can't hit the, the notes even. It's just that I sing it all... Like, I sound like a retard. So, um, and there's Jim Roof, of course. So uh, we'll talk to Roop, and then we'll reveal uh, who it is that wants a shot at singing this song. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, singing and radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Good afternoon to you. How? Hey, what time did you have me scheduled? Uh, 2.10. Ah, see, on my list it says 2.30. 2.30? Oh, that's what it says here. Because 10 and 30 rhyme. Yeah, they're just the same, aren't they? Uh, all right. Well, I apologize. Uh, no, no, it's not for you. It's not your... I apologize. I'm sorry you had to deal with it. And also, uh, I do apologize because apparently I know you've been getting some gremlins in the phone system where you call and there's no one on the line here, but it either rings or is busy or is where. So let us know if you will when that happens because we're trying to get some ghosts out of the machine here. Okay. So uh, when you have phone weirdness, we always keep the line free when we know you're going to be calling. So if you have strangeness with the phone, uh, let us know. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll try to get taken care of. What's that? Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so, um, eh, cards for captives. That's beautiful. <laughs> Can I just tell you this? We've calmed down a little bit now, but when we first read this story at 11 a.m., Tim and Sarah, first of all, laughed about it for three hours this morning, and then just just now, <laughs> at around 1.45, I'm looking at the cards again, we went to the website and started reading these cards <laughs> for visitors, and they're just hilarious. Aren't they great? Come on. <laughs> Especially if you read the testimonials on the site. If you go to the testimonial where it's from customers, um, where it says things like, I wish these had been around 10 to 15 years ago. And then this one, thanks for, thanks for these cards. I'm going to tell all my friends about your cards. <laughs> what, what the hell kind of friends do you have? Where do you live? Apparently some who need those cards. Jesus, I mean, he I know it's... in cell block, cell block C. Oh, man. Because they have those cards. They sell them in the canteen, too, for people to send from prison <gasps> to their relatives. I'm sorry I screwed up kind of thing. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're beautiful. It's It's like... You know, and I was talking to this lawyer, Terry Cheatham. I love that name. Cheatham. I, I don't know if you heard the spots or not that I did. No. But um, I even asked her, I said, you know, this name of yours, come on, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I even, even I, I had to ask, you know? Yeah. But uh, she had a brother in jail, and she just didn't know what to say to him. Sure. 
And so she had a, her mother was a, uh, a funeral director, and she used to hear her mother call people all the time and say, hey, I'm sorry for your loss, I'm sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. She says, you know what, that's what you say. So she wrote to her brother and said, hey, you know, you screwed up. You know, I'm sorry about that, but I still love you. And uh, she decided to come up with this line of cards because people just don't know what to say. Uh, well, no, it's, this is one of those things like Ronco where you don't recognize that there's such a need for this until somebody has the product and you go, God damn, that's genius. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, she must be raking in the money from this because it's a niche market, as they say. This market is an inch wide but a mile deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. not a lot of people who need these, but the people who need these cards really need them. Well, I'll tell you, man, I, I thought it was a brilliant idea, and uh, she's so funny, this lady, oh. and, and she just, you know, she, it was just something she started because she wanted to talk to her brother. The, the best and worst thing about these about these cards on the site is that all of the all of the graphics on the site make it look like it's at Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> look at this, it's like concertina wire and a guy holding a gun in a guard tower. Yeah, or how about the black and white with the the person with the handcuffs? You know, yeah, like, this, like seriously, like <laughs> yeah, isn't that cool? Like it's Jesus about to be scourged? <laughs> no, man. Gee, God. Well, you, you remember when when the oh. Unabomber's brother turned the Unabomber in? Yeah. He said, "Look, I still love him. He's my brother. I don't like what he did, but I still love him." Yeah. You know, and it's, it's that kind of stuff that inspired these cards. Oh, it. Uh... It really, it does make you smile. This is an American thing. It really is. That's what makes this country great, you know? Oh, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, I got, nothing, I got nothing to add to that. If you, ever come, if you ever come across some of those cards they sell on the inside to be sent out to the free uh, relatives, you've you got to hook me up. I want to see. Oh, those. you know what? I'll, I'll just call her back and ask her to send. Oh, me. please! Oh, would you? I'm going to make that my Christmas card. I'm going to send one of those out as my Christmas card this year. Oh, those! I love this. I'm country. sorry, I got arrested for distributing PCP. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in. I'll see you in five to ten. <laughs> I'll see you. In, I'll see you in 2013. <laughs> Please hold my place in line. I'll see you in six years. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I love America. I really do. Oh, man. Best country ever. I got 25. Ever. I should be out in 12. I still love you. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything to add to that. All right, sir. As always. No, feel, wait, come on. Come on. Let's, let's feel for the folks who are incarcerated. I'm going to tell all my friends. Here's the best part. This lady said that she sends every celebrity who goes to jail, she, she sends them one of those cards. Really? That's what she tells. Well, you know what? That's a little marketing. That's you know, a little. That's what I told her. I said, that's a built-in client base right Ooh. there, man. Every time Winona Ryder gets pinched. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that you see. No matter what, she can make really, a lot of money just on the Baldwin brothers no, alone. No matter, no matter what happened today, good or bad, been a good show. But even if it hadn't, this makes the whole day worthwhile. <laughs> this is the story of the month. Oh wow! This is great. You you really are the king. How did you discover this story? I you know, I just saw a little blurb on these cards about a year ago. They they came out about a year ago, uh -huh. and I was just going through some of my files. It was slow news day. And I said, you know what? I wanted to do this story back then. Oh. And um, so let's just do it now. It is genius. Uh, you and tracking are... that lady down was a little difficult, but she was so funny. Wow. All right. As always, you are the gold standard, my friend. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank you very much. All right. There you go. Thank you. Jim Roof, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we break, and then we'll get these calls, I think she's back here. Hold on. I think I can dial directly here. <clears throat> Hello, Bridget. Hello, Bridget. It's Rick. Hi, Rick. 
Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm dandy. Uh, so, uh, so we are giving away the uh, original Star Wars trilogy four, five, and six. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, and that's what next week? Next week. All right, cool. And uh, that's just because we're great, right? The, the, it, that's exactly why it is. They know where they know where to come <laughs> with those Star Wars giveaways. <laughs> of course. Excellent. It's us. All right, so we'll have more details on that next week, but we're going to be giving away gift packs of the original Star Wars trilogy on DVD. It's going to be very cool. All right, hey, while we're on the phone, uh, and I said this on the air and, uh, and whatever, uh, although I did forget to put it in the uh, the office uh, email that I sent out yesterday, but uh, <laughs> I sent out an email like, hey, the stream is running. Everybody written. I it's completely for, like an idiot. I forgot to, to give you and Brian shout-outs in the email. So um, so let me rectify that right now by saying, um, first of all, the station, uh, the, the station site, 970.am, revamped, redesigned, looks wonderful. It's amazing. Uh, and thanks to you and Brian for really uh, putting the work in to get that stream rolling because the, uh, the the glorious bastards who are listening love it. It gets unveiled to everybody next week. So thanks uh, for all your work on that, and I mean that in a non-snarky way. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Anything for you, Rick. Thank you, Bridget. You're welcome. Right, there you go, Bridget from upstairs. Fantastic, wonderful, excellent, genius. Hi, Tim. Howdy. Have ye more news for us? Oh yes. Okay. Let's take a break. I'm gonna get a Cliff Bar, and uh, we'll be uh, back. If you're on hold. I feel bad. Everybody's been on hold forever today. It's been all these prisoner cards and breeds and Bigfoot rapings. Um, all right, stay there. Back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Put this together, one of his mashups. Have you ever heard his CD? No. No, I didn't know he was a recording artist. He has a uh, he's a he, he's a DJ, uh, but not in the bad way. Um, he has a whole uh, sort of turntable mix compilation he put together called Geek Remixed. That's all geek movie themes and scores that he has mashed up and made sort of you know put like with, with a beat underneath him. It's really good. Uh, all right. In just a skosh, we'll find out. Which co-worker wants to sing the Pina Colada parody? But first... And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Police are close to making an arrest in the case of that cruel Craigslist host. A hoax, I should say. They cost a Southern Oregon man much of what he owned. Investigators have identified the IP address where the fake posting came from and determined this person is from Medford. They're putting together subpoenas as we speak. Arrests are imminent. Police say people who return all the things stolen will not be prosecuted. So if you have any of that stuff, you better bring it back. The ads popped up Saturday afternoon saying the owner of a Jacksonville home was forced to leave the area suddenly and his belongings, including his horse, needed new homes. Well, people showed up and emptied the place up. They even found some things by the side of the road. I'm looking at a box with a salt shaker and a white slipper. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> How hard up are you that you go to a stranger's house and steal their salt shaker and a white slipper? No, but only and, one. And then abandon it by the side of the road. Did they keep the other one? This, this slipper's got dirt on it. And they only needed they only needed a salt shaker, not pepper, right. and one slipper, not both. Right. Jesus. 
They, somebody decided that these were treasures that they had to take with them. So they uh, they tagged the guy, though, via his IP address. Yep. So now arrests are imminent. So we'll find out who this bad guy is tomorrow. Bad girl, for all we know. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a terrible pun, but I'm going to move on. I'm not going to do it. Alrighty, uh, Netflix says it'll provide a 5% credit on the monthly bills for customers affected by its Monday outage. They did not disclose the number of customers affected, as the total amount will be refunded, saying the credit will not have a material impact on the company's financial operation. Uh, the key thing is, uh, this is completely proactive on Netflix's part. There is no requirement for Netflix to do this. Many of Netflix's 7.5 million members return rather than receive DVDs on Mondays after watching them over the weekend. The outage uh, resulted in a one-day delay for people expecting to receive DVDs on Tuesday. Does that make sense? Well, and really, wait a day. Just, you know. And what do you need these for? They have those machines now that are a buck. Well, I'll be so tightly wound. That's right. Uh, somebody, I got an email from a listener the other day who uh, just, just got just completely screwed, though, where she, uh, she was watching The Wire on DVD, and it arrived in the mail just broken in half. Oh, no. That's... Which actually happened to Laura and I once. Uh, I think we rented DVD, and it came just, bam, snapped. So uh, that's no good. All right. Uh, two furniture delivery men in Beaumont, Texas, say a disgruntled customer brandished a gun after they refused to remove their shoes. The furniture gallery employees say the female owner asked them to remove their shoes while they were making delivery to the house and became upset when they uh, told her that removing the shoes is against company policy. So she pulled a gun on them. But I don't see why it would be against company policy because I don't allow people to wear shoes in my house either. Would you pull a gun? I don't have a gun. If you had one. Yes. Okay. Are you pull like take off your shoes or get out. <laughs> <laughs> Rules of the house. <laughs> That's a very so welcoming. No what I like is your no nonsense style. <laughs> take off your shoes or get out. Rules <laughs> of the house. No, see, but you know, there's no. You know, the great thing about that is there's no room for misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. No awkward sort of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Take off your shoes or get out. Right. Wonderful. Hey, but let it be noted that the time I was at your house, I took off my shoes. Did you? I don't remember. I did. You know why? Why? Rules of the house. Good for you. Rick Emerson respects Thank you rules. for following the rules. It's what I do. You know, it'll make your carpeting last longer. No, it's true. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it'll counteract maybe something damage my dog insists on doing to it. So. Huh? All right. So that's it for now. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Yeah. Top of the yep. hour all the way through. That's weird. Are we really doing this on the air? I was just, the same thing, though, where I was catching a lot of air. Oh, wait, there. Like that. Like an unusually strange, like a hollow clap. We really are just monkeys. All right. All we need is those little symbols and like a fez. Um, I think I'll leave that. Hi, Tim. <laughs> by the way, if you're we're listening. clapping for you, Tim. We should oh, know, by the way, one of the advantages of listening to the stream is the audio quality is post-processing, but uh, <coughs> pardon me, obviously before it gets squished down for the AM band. So if you're listening to this on the stream, or if you have the ability to listen to it on the stream, apparently the, the audio quality is fantastic. Right. It's the radio tomorrow here today. That's what it is. It's almost like it's high def, Tim. Uh-huh. Almost. Yep. Almost. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, the voice guy voiced a bunch of the, the uh, station names yesterday, like the AM 970, like, you know, the, the hot Asian girls or whatever it is. And he voiced a bunch of those. So we'll play some of those uh, tomorrow. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, okay, so it, we have this Barack Obama song at which I was bad. Uh, I just wasn't, wasn't able to sing it. Um, so, uh, Richie Bristol, can you um, can you bring the the, the uh, do, do you want to know what? It's Timmy Ryan. Oh so, no! So Timmy Ryan wants to wants to sing the Barack Obama song. Did I even tell you? No. Oh no! I don't even think I can say this on the air. What Kristen told me he was talking about yesterday. Oh God! In the workplace. 
Yeah. Uh, why don't you grab four? Uh, yeah, get Mike for number four here. This one? Was yeah. it in the studio at least? Yeah, he was. Please don't snort into the microphone. Uh, was it... Try to sniff away from the microphone, please. Uh, was this in the studio he was talking about something horrific? Um, is yeah. this a thing that as a manager I'm going to have to pretend I didn't hear about? Timmy Ryan. No. No, I think it was. Uh, he was she talking, asked me a question oh, and I responded. That she was, was asking it. for it. And I was sort of half joking, but I remember something that I did back in my youth. That's all I'm going to say. Well, okay, well, uh, Sarah. Do you want me to say? I don't know. Well, hold, let's back up. This is a thing. You're going to want to Kristen it. Bowie, who uh, is adored by everybody. Uh, so Kristen Bowie told you Timmy Ryan was came in and described a blah, blah, blah to me. She said, "She said, hey, just let you know, be on the lookout for Timmy Ryan today because he told me, he's like, he's in rare form and he told me this. Now, is this a sexual story? It has to do with a... It has to do with condoms. Yes. Is this clean? Is it safe for air? I think so. That's what I like to hear. I know. I never say that, huh, because I'm usually pretty sure. Probably. Does it, uh, does it, revol- uh, does it uh, involve uh, well, no, it, it a can sexual be organ or activity? Um, the description of? No, no. Okay, all right. It's just like, Timmy just feels it's okay to reuse things. Wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> one Somebody time, missed a whole semester I, of health class. One time when I was like 15 years old. Jesus. Sorry, Jimmy, I don't even know how you... I don't... I know. Okay. Did you, hold on. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> Would you rather hold have on. not use no. one when I was 15 or reuse one? I'd rather you just hold on for a second. Okay. And please, let's just walk carefully through these next few moments. Is this a thing where, like, you went to the sink and washed it out? Right. And then let it dry or just shook it dry? I think I use The condom, a, that is. No, I think I use, like, a towel to, like, to clean the... In- no, I turned it, like, inside out and, like, scrubbed it and turned it back the other way again. Oh. I was 15 years old, so what? I mean, it worked. As far as you know, so you get the knock on the door. Some, you know, my friend Chuck. That happened to my friend. My friend Chuck thought that worked, and you know, knock at the door. Meet your nine-year-old. So I'm no, just saying. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's okay. <laughs> no, that happened to my friend, but the girl's thirteen. Like, yeah, that was like twelve years ago. Yeah, they can. No, she was sixteen. I was fifteen. No, no, no. But how no, many, I mean, how many, many years ago now. was this? Oh, this was like 1995. So that's yeah. 13 years. So that's, you know, that's about how old uh, this girl was that showed up on Sarah's board. Trust me, she's not pregnant. Looking for the. This okay. girl never got pregnant. Okay, whatever. Wow, you're being a little too. I thought she didn't get pregnant. Doesn't it seem she like never had my baby. So it seemed like you're asking for trouble. She can't the, get pregnant. The condom never broke. I it's know. impossible. All right, hold on. Let's uh, let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson show, Kristen Bowie. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How was? Hi. So you had a great day hearing about this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you this: How? Did, and I think I know the answer to this. Was this like a completely unsolicited conversation? Did he volunteer this? Oh, you see, the the conversations with him are always pretty interesting. And, uh-huh. you see, he's always so worried that I'm going to go with you guys and tell you guys stuff. So he kept bugging me about telling you guys stuff. He was like, oh, it's going to end up on the Emerson show. So I was like, okay, well. I like how he's not – you're not worried about it because it's, you know, hideously inappropriate for the workplace. You're just afraid that we're going to discuss it here. Well, we, we got we, – I was thinking, no, we got started on something, and then I uh, uh-huh. was like, you know, reusing condoms are – you know, it's really not that bad. It's better than not using – Kids, Timmy Ryan is not a role model. It's better, than, it's better than using none at all, and then Kristen's like, what, you've done it? I'm like, I think one time I did do it when I was 15 years old. Yes. I'm not saying I was the smartest kid, but guess, guess what? At least, you know, I'm not walking around oh, with a kid Kim, around or something. Kim, you told me – Intricate details of how you were going to rinse it out with soap, 
<laughs> well, it was 50. Okay, if you rinse it out with soap and put it back on, it's safe. Really? Is that the lie you tell That's yourself? What you think? Is really? Is that? That really the fiction that allows you to sleep? So let me ask you this. Now you... I just carry out my magnum and I'm okay. Oh, please, put that away. He really honestly just pulled a magnum out of his that pocket. That must be the spare Is that one, the one from that... Richie's Do you and Richie share condoms? No, I gave him one one time, though. I actually oh, you gave, him him a <laughs> yeah, gave him right. a magnum. No, I, I gave him a magnum because it's, he said he was going out, and I gave Adam one, too, and they were going out. I'm like, my brothers, I want you to be so safe. You have a plentiful right? supply so of them. <laughs> Did not believe me that it was a bad thing until I Googled it. I was like, is, is using condoms bad? And he did not improve. He did not believe a single word I was saying. It's just like washing a plate off, you know? <laughs> what do you do in your plates, dude? Seriously. You eat back off of them? Uh, okay. Um, when you were 15, where did you obtain your condoms? <laughs> You're doing that. Sniffing into You're the doing the laughing guy. sniff thing. You're sniffing into the mic. Actually, I don't even remember where I got my condoms. But I mean, did you buy or shoplift? Uh, I mean, look, I'll, I I'll be honest. With I, no, no, no. I'll, I'll cop to that. When I was a teenager, I had to shoplift them. I, I yeah, I mean, it was Sweet Home, so who knows where I got them? But I mean, it was Sweet Home, yeah. of course. He shoplifted. Come on. But I mean, I know, it, shoplift. I've never stolen. Them. I guess what my question, <laughs> and and I will say that that's actually the only thing I ever shoplifted. Condoms. Tiny, you know, small town. How old were you? Uh. I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. Damn. And, uh, you know, but Dad. well, that was just a tiny town, and you didn't want people you knowing know. you were having sex, but you wanted people to know you were having babies. Well, it's not, not like the reverse lie. I guess, no. Well, no. I guess, well, no, neither. That's my point. Is I, he's like, you know, the thing was, that, you know, they drilled you in school, like, always, you know, condom, always, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, you never knew if it was, like, the person checking you out. Uh, at the counter, like the person who was like the checkout clerk, if they knew like the parents of the girl or if they knew one of your teachers, and you're always just like, who's you know they're gonna go? No, I could have cared less. No, see, and I probably bought them. I I cared a whole lot uh, because uh, you know it was just uh, it re uh, a lot of um, friends who were hardcore Catholic, families who were hardcore Catholic. I didn't really care, and I don't think my family would have cared, but I think that would have ended badly for me with my circle of friends. Anyway, so my point is, what, couldn't you have just gotten more? Like I, I, I all think the, the time it took to wash out and soap up and I, I, rinse I mean, and dry think, a condom. I, I think this girl it's wanted really, more, and I didn't have any on me, so I just... Hold on. What, Kristen, what? It's a thoughtful process. You have to go through, like, a series of motions. It's not... It's, you actually have to think about it. You could have gotten a job and worked to earn the money to buy another condom in that time. <laughs> I think this is what they do in Croatia. Once again, what happened? This I is believe, what separates us from savages, Tim. We didn't Tim. have any more. The girl wanted more, so I said... The girl wanted more. So I went and I just so rinsed I it out and used it again. I had to give her more. It was my manly duty. I had to. More, more, more. <laughs> more, more, more. Don't do that. How oh, do you no. like All right. It? Thank you, Kristen. I'm sorry you had to hear that. All right. Bye. bye. That's Kristen Bowie. No, I totally shoplifted... Um, because um, I, it wasn't my family, but I really did, uh, I really, uh, how do I put this? Well, I'm just saying. It was a small town, people talked to people, and you, you never knew what a parent was going to hear what, and then that would end badly for you. Moving on. <coughs> Sorry, caught the cough button only half in time there. Um, so, uh, this Barack Obama song. Yes. So I spent about 90 minutes in the studio last night trying to sing this, uh, totally in the wrong range, and I'm the wrong kind of singer for it anyway. And I gave it the old college try. I have no shame. I really, really did try, mm -hmm. and it just wasn't working. So I, I'm walking to the bathroom, and Richie's like, Hey, Timmy Ryan wants to crack at singing that song. So is that I, true? I, I might be able to do it. I have. Can you thing. sing? Yeah. 
You don't believe me. I didn't say I didn't believe you. I'm just arching an that eyebrow to ask, is this really true? I, I used to front my own swing and rockabilly band, yeah. Really? Yeah. Were they truly swinging? Yeah, if you, right. t- if you not to promo my old band, but if you uh, Google Tim Ryan and the Pit Bosses, there'll be like a million websites. No, my old <laughs> A bass million player, websites. My, You're many fans. No, my, my, old, my old bass player uh, was like this computer nerd, so we put us up like everywhere, and there's MP3s of the band everywhere. So. All right. Okay, fair there enough. There you go. Okay, so you my are... Uh, please not a list all the instruments you can play. Um, okay. Passingly well. I play the guitar. I play the bass. Play some drums. Uh, play banjo. And uh, a bunch of others. Kind Keyboards? Of no, I can't play keyboards at okay, all. Okay, but you yeah. can sing? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So now, do you know the Pina Colada song? Yeah, of course. I, just, just, you know, I suspected you had that J-like knowledge, but yeah. I was just double-checking. All right. So do you want to give it a crack at singing this Barack Obama song? Sure. Do you need time to pre-read the lyrics? No, I can I can probably figure it out. Okay. If, if Now, here's the thing. If I get, if, even if I get, like, a mediocre pass, can I try it out in the studio tonight, too? Yes. See? Yes, you can. Yes, Timmy you Ryan, can. maybe you and I will have a song together. Oh, we can only hope. It's all your dreams come true, Sarah. It's true. Uh, do you need to hear the original song to get a feel for the vocal? No, I, I, I've heard the original so many times. Okay. You know, uh, from being I, a DJ. I tried to keep the syllable count and the phrasing uh, similar. It's not always exact. How um, far do we have to go in the song? Maybe just t- through the first hook. Okay, cool. Um, let me, and I'm going to take my jacket okay. off. Okay. And I'm going to play the and my shirt. I'm going to play the bed here. Uh, you'll see, like all good parody songs, I basically shortened it. So it's going to go through the chord progression once. You'll hear a little drum fill, and that's when the vocals. Okay, starts. just kind of cute. I'm gonna, but you know, here's. But I'll let you listen through this one. All right. Okay. I'll actually show you. Right here. I was tired of. Oh, the yeah, right, right cool. there. All it's right. Basic. It's just to establish that chord progression, and then it starts. All right. Wow. That's how I feel when you're in here coughing. Did you really just say that, Tim? That's how I feel the same way about you the, as oh, I do about Timmy Ryan. You know when you're coughing up a lung. All right. I was drinking up a lot of coffee. Usually I drink booze and I sing. So uh-huh. you might. Do we have any booze? Muppets growling at you. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the dog senses something evil. Uh, he does sense evil. You yep. might want to. You might want to drop his mic just a hair. Okay. All right. Are you ready, Timmy Ryan? Uh, yes, I'm going to give it the old Rick Emerson try. Do I really sound like that? No. All right. So I'll say it nice and smooth, and I'll try to do a good job. All right, we'll try to sing right. it in the style of Rupert Holmes. Okay. All right, are we ready? Yes. I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. With lifetime politicians. Only out for a buck. Then at home one evening, reading Craigslist online, and in the personal section, you know this post caught my eye. Big hook, yeah. If you like Barack Obama versus more of the same, if you're not into Clinton, if you're not for McCain. On a new direction, and you're tired of the games. Vote with me for Obama and be an agent of change. Okay, well done. That's pretty good. Well done, Timmy Ryan. Ryan. That was just a dry run. You see? started off tentative, but then you felt it. Well, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of Rupert Holmes, though. You know, he, he's kind of like, I was not a fool. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, he's kind of down, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... He's very bright, up. though. Very bright at the chorus. That's what I couldn't do. Right. So he starts off kind of like... 
And that was, I was trying to replicate. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very, so okay. I get, do I get a shot? Yeah, do you want to take a pass at this? Tonight at the studio, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right, excellent. Okay, so if you can um, get a copy with, and I'll give you the bed, uh, with your vocal, the bed, and then the theories will have Sarah lay down the female harmony. Right, I know, uh, I know, I know how to kind of uh, screw with uh, Cool Edit pretty well. So all right, excellent. I can record the vocals and the backtrack and all that stuff separately. All right, cool. fantastic, wonderful. Okay, so I'll uh, tell Richie what this bed is, and uh, we'll uh, may hope to uh, debut, maybe unveil that tomorrow. Yeah. The goal is to be getting this into the hands of moron DJs by Friday. And I know how to spruce it up and make myself sound even better than I'm already not. Excellent, fantastic. All well right. done, Timmy Ryan. Uh, when will Sarah and I do the? Well, when will she do the backing track? Uh, she'll probably do the backing track tomorrow, but uh, probably without you, unless like you really demand to be here for it. Specter well, style. I, I can be here and like kind of mix stuff. Sarah, if you can come in early, I can probably mix it. You can record, it, I can mix it. Would you prefer to sing it without Timmy Ryan present? Okay, that's a big yes. What the hell? <laughs> I don't like singing in front of people, dude. It's not you. It's not Timmy Ryan specific. You like singing when you're drunk at chopsticks, apparently. That's very true. Back after this, he's Timmy Ryan. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcast today, final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. It's warm in here. I was just thinking that, actually. Hey, we got our bitchin' Harvey Dent uh, bumper sticker up over there. Yeah. Though. Uh, It is really warm in here. Um, anywho, uh, join us tomorrow when we will do, uh, among other things, we will get to this top five. <clears throat> top five musicians who must be viewed separately from their music. Uh, also, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Also... Dorothy Carcassari, uh from Does the... you mean Dorothy Carcassari? Carcassari will join us tomorrow. Do we get an Inquirer? No. Oh. Inquirer? No. No. Uh, something about Oprah's weight, though. I think that is the default. That's the... Uh, that... Oprah's weight is so boring. Who who likes to read about <laughs> Oprah's weight? Well, and who's... What revelation are you going to... No, she's fat. Ballooning up. No, she's fat again. Yes, sir. I oh. understand. She has a secret, you know, lesbian lover, and she's getting fatter. Let's Wait, get over what? It. Her, her, you know, best friend, oh, Gail. Oh, yeah, Gail. Yeah. And Stebbins, Stebbins all man. Yes. Stebbins a man, man, a man's man, if you know what I mean. Not unlike Lars. Lars is a man's man. I'm really doing everything I can to get that phrase out there. Lars Larson is a man's man. Well, doesn't he refer to himself as a man's man? Yes, if you know what I mean. I think I do. All right. Very manly. Do it. Uh, all right, let's get random calls here. Uh, we got like two minutes? All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, what's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, so, guess you want some of these prison cards? You can only get them in L.A.? Yes. Oddly enough, I'm going to L.A. tomorrow. Dude, you must buy, you must be there. You must buy some of these prison cards you for us. You must be there. I've been on hold for like an hour. I've been on hold since Vancouver to Tualatin. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I feel bad. Uh, the well, we, the website about being on hold or being in Vancouver? Uh, both. The website is three, and that's spelled out, threesquaresgreetings.com. <laughs> Okay. And there's a little link at the top that says find a retailer, and they show all of the retailers in the L.A. area. Awesome. No, I will uh, I will get you a bunch of cards, and I'll email you when we get back. God, and you. you. And you shall come in and have a tour of the Yeah, you'll come in, and we'll, uh, be, we'll hook you up. That'd be so, I'm such a faithful fan to you guys. When you went off the air, I got satellite radio. I have now canceled my subscription to satellite radio that you are back. Thank you, sir. Hey. I appreciate that. It does, and, it, it, I, and I mean this sincerely. That means a lot. It really does. So thank you. 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm the same guy that keeps calling about the freaking reading list, so, you know. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reading list. You know, just because you're doing this for us, I'll make sure we get it done. Reading list. Uh, all right. Well, travel safe and let us know when you get back, sir. All right. I'll talk to you next Thank week. you, my friend. All right. There you go. Best call. That's a good way to, you know, that's the best call to end. That was right a very right positive, so wonderful call. My apologies to the other callers. No time to be fair to another call. I know today we were pretty bad about leaving people on hold. People had to wait a long time today. So I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we laughed about the greeting cards for so long. Yeah. All right. Uh, call tomorrow. We'll get you all on. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. The news from Tim Riley. On the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmaster, webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru. We want to thank Jim Rupley's The Day Show, and Steve Castamama, Mr. Skin. Tomorrow, Dorothy Carcassari, uh and uh, this top five musicians who must be separated from their music. Like us next, Don and Mike at 7. I'm huge. I regret nothing. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Don't let the bastards grind it up. Bye now.